What is good, everybody, and welcome back to the Roll Blob Podcast. Happy weekend. Happy Friday. Today's a good day. Andy, I got two words for you. Actually, three. <laughs> welcome to the Roll Blob Podcast is what we do. Andy, we got him. We got him. The man, we the myth, the legend, him. our Lord and Savior. <laughs> we got Fanta. Um, for those of you that don't know, so we got an interview with John Fanta. That's what this interview, this podcast is going to be all about. Um, we got some other good odds and ends as well, shitty football, all kinds of good stuff for you. But this is going to be the Fanta episode. We'll drop in the show notes uh, the time you can fast forward to to get to the interview. Um, it was awesome. It was really, really fun. I think you're going to really enjoy it. We had an absolute blast. I would say it's a home run. Like, we've had two interviews so far, and they're both home runs. <laughs> we don't miss on the Roblox podcast. <laughs> We do not miss. Never lost. Um, and, and, even, and even when we miss, we make, it, we make it look good. Like in Space Jam. That was a good little strikeout. <laughs> you look good when you strike out. When I, look, when I strike out, man, it looks nasty, man. <laughs> exactly. So we're not going to hold you up too long. We're going to get a little bit of help from Andy Mack here in a second. But enjoy the Fanta interview and enjoy the rest of the podcast. We appreciate you guys. Andy Mack, let's get to it. Okay, welcome to the show, Andy. We would be remiss before we get to the interview, and trust me, we, as bad as you, want to get to the interview very promptly. We'd be remiss, real quick for our Xavier guys, if we didn't mention the Deshaun Holt news. Um, Andy, we're expecting a decision this Sunday, and I think we know what to expect, don't we? We have a very good idea of what it's going to be. It's not good news. Um, there have been eight crystal balls. 100% of them are for Alabama. Um, so that is likely going to be the move. I would put, I would say 99% it's Alabama. Let's start preparing for 2022. Bill Belichick whisper. We're on a 2022. Um, yeah, we're, we're prepared for that. And that it is what it is. I mean, they, they swung for the fences. That's cool. Um, but they've had a fantastic stretch and I think getting, getting him would have been kind of selfish because the recruiting has been ridiculous. Um, but I think we know, and, uh, you know, respect his decision. For sure, yeah. Hashtag like, don't don't trash him. Like, he's a 17 year old kid who is making a big life decision. Uh, we always want him to. We want any player, any um, athlete, to choose a college based on not the sport itself, but where they feel most home, where they feel most comfortable, and really just the best decision for them. So just you really want, just gotta respect it. I just want him to be hashtag blessed. That's all I want. That's exactly. That's all we wish exactly for it. It's just be hashtag blessed. Um, I, I, but yeah, so. But with that, man, I'm cool. I say we cut to this interview. Um, we were very, very lucky to have John Fanta come on with us two idiots. Um, and I, th I think it went really, really well. Um, it was awesome. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you're here for just that, have a great time. Be easy. Um, but, yeah, we'll cut to the interview with John Fanta. And, and if you think Deshaun Holt is hashtag blessed, we're hashtag blessed. <laughs> I'm so horny right now. It's like, funny. Just, just the thought of the fact that we got John Fanta 
it's it's an absolutely incredible interview i i listened to it four times um to like editing and everything and i i, I just kept laughing could not stop laughing could not stop just he's the just best. got me jacked up it, it ladies, got the people going ladies and gentlemen we got him So we are here with our God, our Lord, our Savior, John Fanta. Fanta, how are you doing tonight, brother? Gentlemen, it is great to be with you tonight. I cannot, that's got to be the most respectful, <laughs> dignified introduction I have ever received. I've never been called a Lord and Savior. You are way, <laughs> way too kind. If I'm your Savior, you're in big trouble. We only speak the truth, <laughs> so you know what, that's got to be how we yeah. think. Phantasms <laughs> are religion, John. It's on the come up. Oh, um, I love it. I first love things it. first, John. Before we do anything else, I got to hear your fant. I got to hear your Indians hype real quick. How are we feeling? I'll tell you what. You're talking about the best starting rotation in baseball. Two point right. ERA. Nobody else in baseball has a lower ERA than three twenty five. So you look at this rotation. You got four out of your five guys, twenty five years or younger. You got the best pitcher in baseball in Shane Bieber, and you go as far as your pitching takes you in October. Now, this offense at times, in fact, most of the year, has been rough. They've had a tough offensive year, which tells you that much more about how good their rotation's been. That's Yeah, that. uphill battle, yeah. They're getting MVP play out of Jose Ramirez. His war is 3.2. He's been a machine as of late. This guy just wills his team to wins. And so for the Cleveland Indians, Legend. If, they anything, if they get anything out of Carlos Santana or Fran Mel Reyes, a postseason run is possible in Cleveland. I think they've got a shot. I, I'm not, they could be an early exit if they can't find a way to hit, but they've got a chance because they have the depth of pitching that other teams simply don't have. And the deeper you go into October, the more that pitching matters. The hype could be real in Cleveland for another mm -hmm. run. Interesting sleeper, all I dark horse team. And they're, yes. they're obviously all I see in my head, John. Hottest teams in baseball. At, oh, yeah. They're coming in like scorching hot. And I mean, Jose Ramirez has become just unhuman right now. And your pitching has been like that good while getting rid of a guy like Mike Clevenger. And he lost uh, Corey Kluber this year, Trevor Barrow last year. You guys just keep reloading that pitching staff. It's rather impressive, even as a Reds fan. Oh, it's very impressive. And I'll tell you what. You know, it's almost like the Indians have this, this crystal ball because they get everything they can out of their pitchers. Let's look at Kluber. They trade him his first start this year with the Rangers. He leaves after an inning. Mike Clevenger, a couple starts into his time with the Padres. He just left his start in the first inning today as we're doing this interview because of uh, some, some tightness. So it's just amazing to me that and I wish those guys nothing but the best. I'm not, I'm not wishing them ill. But yeah. what's, what's fascinating about this is it's almost like the Indians have timed this up with some of these moves. Now, Trevor Bauer's been great, you know, and that, that's really worked out for the Cincinnati Reds. I thought it would. Uh, but Cleveland's just – when you don't have the money to spend, you better know how to spend the money that you do have, and you better know how to develop players. Yeah. Cleveland knows how to do that. Absolutely. Very well. And that's one thing we kind in of – In my head – Cincinnati. In my head, John, all I see is Jose Ramirez in Cleveland – this is for you. Well, if he does that, uh, <laughs> he can prevent people from social distancing in downtown Cleveland because 
you're going to have uh, thousands <laughs> upon thousands of people going absolutely bonkers. They came so close to it in 2016. You know, I still don't know if this is a team. Like, if I were putting my picks down, uh, I like the Oakland, yeah. I like the Rays more than I like the Indians. But the Indians have, you know, uh, they've got one of the best players in the game in Frankie Lindor, a guy in Jose Ramirez who never gets enough mm-hmm. credit, and you've got the best pitcher in baseball. When you have those types of players and you have experience in winning, anything can happen in October. It's a clean slate next week. What you did offensively up until that point doesn't really matter. When the playoffs start, we all know it. Yeah. Things can change in the blink of an eye. Look at the Washington Nationals. They were four outs away from being out on the yeah. wild card. They then went on to win a championship. I love playoff baseball. <laughs> Throw them out the I window. Can't... All about the, window. the windows. So you're telling yeah, me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> it is 2020, John. You never know. You never freaking know in 2020. <laughs> you never know. That's awesome. Andy, any more baseball content or we can move on to sports that actually matter? Okay. Andy, you ready? <laughs> I, I have actually. Sorry, John, I'm, just a, I'm the resident baseball hater. <laughs> I'm the resident baseball hater. It's my job, it's my brand. All right. I, I have a Go proposition for, it, for you, John. Um, so I'm a big Reds fan. Um, so I want to offer you a trade. Um, we got Luis Castillo, Mike <laughs> Moustakis, Aristides Aquino, Nick Castellanos. <laughs> My firstborn child, the Erlanger Kentucky <laughs> and Graders for Life for Jose Ramirez. What do you think? Graders for Life. And what was the thing before that? The Erlanger Kentucky His firstborn child. Yeah, I would really like some Montgomery ribs thrown in there. So because oh. you throw those in there, the trade is denied. Also, what if I counteroffer? I take away the Graders, get, um, give you a half a year supply of Montgomery and ribs, and we get Jose Ramirez. Lifetime contract. Yeah, it's a no for me. Why don't we just – I, I had to go for the hottest player in baseball. I'm not giving up the goat. I'm not giving up the Ramirez. Not Come on. Uh, why don't we I just figured to be a long teams, shot. Though. I figured I can dream, though. Why don't we be the, the Red Indians or something? Combine the teams. The, the teams have enough struggle as it is. You know, let's just combine Ohio and be one super team. Oh, don't bring the Reds into this, okay? No, okay. The Reds, the Reds are going to barely get into the playoffs if they do, in fact, get in. They should have been so much better than that this year. They, <laughs> they should have. I question their manager at times. Um, uh, I question the manager. Bring the into this. Cleveland's, Cleveland's about to go to the postseason for the fourth time in the last five years, okay? Andy, that is a smart man. That is a smart man, Andy. That is a smart man. So, Andy, spoiler alert. I'm 27 years old, and I've seen zero Reds playoff wins, playoff series wins, and zero Bengals victories in the playoffs. I'm done. It's muskies and, it's muskies and everything. I'm done. I'm over it. Over professional sports, John. Yeah, Cincinnati pro sports, it's not the oh. place to be. But college basketball, it is the place to be. It is Speaking the place. It's nothing than a crosstown shootout. Now we're talking. Let's go. And, John, we couldn't be more excited about a crosstown shootout in Cincinnati with no fans at Fifth Third Arena. And then next year, packing Cintas like sardines <laughs> and just hearing the tears of Bearcat fans all year long. Can't wait. I, I think this year they should just play at an empty U.S. Bank arena. Couldn't agree more. Uh, that, that's all that makes sense. Yeah, that, that, that makes that's sense. But being biased, though, screw that, and let's just do it in. A, let's just let's just do it the way that helps us. You know, right. but that I'm just that kidding. makes so much sense. But it's <laughs> our agenda. We want our agenda. Yeah. All about agendas, John. But I, getting to a more serious note. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Um, why don't we, John, go through your background real quick? So you're a good man. You're Ohio born and bred. You're a good old boy, just like us. 
Um, you were born in Cleveland, correct? So you were born and raised in Cleveland, John? Westlake, Ohio, west side of Cleveland, yeah. Westlake, Ohio. That's awesome, man. So grew up, I'm sure, Indians, Cavs, all, all, the, all the Indians. What made you want to go to Seton Hall? Well, I wanted to go to the metropolitan area. And uh, because I, being, being in Ohio, growing up in Ohio, you, you live, breathe, sleep, everything Cleveland and, and Browns, Indians, Cavs. But I wanted to expand yeah. my horizons. I didn't want a high school 2.0 after going to St. Ignatius High School. Go wild. Go Cavs. <laughs> I wanted to go to the New York, New Jersey area. Looked at, looked at Fordham, looked at Syracuse, St. Bonaventure, St. John's. And there was just something about Seton Hall. The people there, good people, um, and, and willing to give opportunities. And I just thought it was a first-class place. Uh, and I, I knew that it, it's, with any college, it's what you make of it. But I saw the window of opportunity and was very fortunate that during my four years, Seton Hall had – some historic success. They won their first Big East tournament since 1993 when they didn't in 2016. So it helps when you got a winning team that you actually, you know, also end up seeing your attention pick up. Uh, but right. it, was, it was a great – that wasn't why I chose just for basketball success. I chose because I really liked their broadcasting program, and I thought the people there were first class. So it was it, – it's the best choice I've ever made in my life, and, and that's why I went there to be near New York, just 10 miles away from the city. That's fantastic. So what I need for you to start covering the Muskies, because everywhere Fanta goes, the success goes. I mean, you go to, you go to Seton Hall, and they, they, they blow up. You take the Indians beat, and they go crazy. So uh, I just need to start covering the Muskies, man. I need that. Um, but that's awesome. So, man, you're a kid that grew up in Cleveland. You go to Seton Hall. What is it like now, man, being in the position that you're in and being, you know, having that first person, you know, boots on the ground? at Madison Square Garden for the Big East tournament covering the Big East like walking through that that must be a dream it is a dream I remember I walked into Madison Square Garden for the first time and I called my dad from the lobby and I was just like dad this is the coolest thing ever like I can't even begin to describe this building you know when you're walking into the garden you've got that all white lobby and the yeah. lighting and it's just you get the vibe that you're heading into something big mm -hmm. and it is a dream come true. You know, I grew up watching the Big East tournament from Cleveland, never really thinking or knowing that, you know, I'd actually be a part of the conference <laughs> at some point or, or part of their coverage. Yeah. And then, you know, for me, when I was in my senior year of college, you're going through your different pathways of like, do I go the local news route? Do I go to a radio mm -hmm. station? What do I do? I had done the internships. I had met all the people, done those things. And I had a meeting with the Big East to actually sort of part ways to say thank you for what you did for me when I was a student. And by the end of the meeting, I was at a lunch at a New York City Shake Shack, um, right, at, right in Midtown. And uh, one of my bosses just said, well, why don't we talk about a potential role? And that's how it started. And we sat and we talked for about two and a half, three hours about a role that could make sense with their digital network and a role that could potentially help me get elevated to Fox Sports. I mean, that, that was what our discussions entailed. And I remember coming on the meeting thinking, you know, if this could come to fruition, this has a chance to be special. Nobody had really had the role that I'm in before. So you take a chance because when nobody has that role before you, you know, it can go one of two ways. One, it never really materializes to what you thought it could be. Or two, it becomes more than what you thought it would be. And I, I've been fortunate to say it's been the latter. I mean, I could have never predicted – that I get the kind of fan following and that I get the kind of 
just the relationships with coaches and players that I've been able to garner. It's been exceptional. It's been a joy. And I, I cannot express enough. You know, I just graduated college in 2017. And to sit here with oh, you that's crazy. Now, you know, three years later and to be able to, to have this type of a role and, and stuff, I, I can't overstate how much fun I've had in this, in this job. I really don't feel like I'm, I'm working, even though it does take work. I don't feel like it because being with you guys and covering this league is just, it's so much fun. John, that's incredible. And, and I can speak, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your butt, but you, you, you seem like a genuinely good guy and you've taken the opportunity and run with it. And I couldn't be happier for you. I mean, I, I would just love to go to the biggest tournament, let alone being paid to go. I mean, that's just, that's just incredible. Um, so we're, we're happy for you, man. That's the dream. I'm really, really happy for you. I appreciate that. And there's nothing better than the garden. If you've never been to the garden for the Big East tournament, you got to see it to really understand what it is. I mean, I could, I could talk about it all day long, but it is an experience for a sports fan. Unlike anything you'll go through because you just, it takes over New York city for a week. And if you're a Big East fan, you're in New York city. You're watching basketball endlessly. It's high-level hoops, and it's before March Madness, but don't tell the coaches that because they're not thinking no. about March Madness. They want that conference title on that Saturday. Yes. And when you have that intensity combined in the best city in the world, it's an amazing combination. That's what's crazy, John. And, like, being a Xavier fan, I mean, to us, you know, the A-10 tournament was just a vehicle to go to the NCAA tournament, you know what I'm saying, for us at least. But you talk to Providence fans, Seton Hall fans, the old Big East guys, it means everything to them winning that Big East tournament. It is the real deal. And uh, I actually just got out of the Navy uh, six months ago after five years. So I've been MIA doing my own thing, haven't been able to go to sports. But it's priority number one, get to MSG for them for the Big East tournament. Priority number one. Um, Andy, this is my last question, then I'll pass it over to you. Um, so just staying on the Big East real quick, because I just think it's such a special league. I think it has such a special brand, such like a gritty – like has so much character to it that I don't think another basketball conference has um, a commitment to basketball, all that kind of thing. What to you is the, the brand of the big East tournament the brand of the big East as a conference. And do you have like a, a one moment that sticks out in your mind that kind of defines what the big East is mm-hmm. like a favorite big East moment? Great, great question. Um, there are so many moments that I could look at. I'll define one from this past season uh, but to give you a, a, an idea of what I think of when I think of Big East basketball, I think of a conference that knows who it is very, very well and that sets their teams up for success and has a real family feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these 10, now 11 coaches, are all interesting personalities. Cooley, Jay Wright, the dean, um, Kevin Willard with his dry sense of humor, you know, Greg, <laughs> the family man, uh, Steve Wojciechowski, who everybody loves to hate on, uh, but, you know, <laughs> tough and played in Duke. The floor you know, slapper. Travis Steele, men of steel, and uh, a, a guy that I think it's going to be interesting to see how he continues to evolve to make that job his. I think it's hard when you're taking over for a guy as good as Chris Mack, even right. though he's part of the program. The point is, all these coaches, they might be in different areas of the country. They've all figured out a way to get on the same page. And the moment that I point to that says, this is what the Big East is as it is today, as opposed to the old league, Butler, Hinkle Fieldhouse, this past year, they got a leak in the ceiling. So you got drama with the leak <laughs> in the ceiling, a game that gets put on hold. Classic Butler. Butler and Villanova, you know, back and forth, back and forth, down to the wire. 
Villanova, like to the general sports fan, oh, Villanova will win. Butler's tough, but Villanova will win. Right. Kamar Baldwin hits an in-your-eye-hole three-pointer to win the game. And that, to me, the pandemonium of Hinkle Fieldhouse, the craziness of that building, that is today's Big East. It's got theatrics. It's got big personalities. You've got high-level, clutch basketball, down to the wire. And that's a night like that I recall last year where I remember saying, you know, big, this is a big-time conference. That was an incredible answer. Uh, back to that, uh, like, Butler moment, like, I remember exactly where I was in that, uh, when that when that shot went in. That was an absolutely incredible shot by an absolutely incredible player. And one thing I love about the Big East is how the to the fans, like it means everything. Big oh, East basketball, it is. Like, we Definitely. sleep and breathe it twenty four seven. You know, I, I think of this game here. This shows how the conference has evolved, right? Seton Hall's playing Xavier Saturday morning, eleven a.m. Oh, yeah. The first time that Seton Hall played Xavier at the Prudential Center back in the first year of the reconfigured Big East, there might have been 4,500 people at the game. But Seton Hall fans have come on to this reconfigured Big East. They don't just go to the Georgetown or Villanova game. They had right. filled up the lower bowl for that game, if you remember, and Xavier marches into the Prudential Center, wins that game. What does that do? It puts Xavier back on the map, gets their season back, back in the realm of possibilities, and gives them a massive resume win that – really hung with them throughout the season. Even when they Huge. had talked, you could, you could have that as a calling card. So this league, as much as sometimes it cannibalizes itself, it helps itself nationally in the profile that it's been able to build. And a big reason for that is Fox Sports. They're, all their games are on TV. So you, you gain a lot of recognition. You really do. They have a niche nationally that they've been able to find. They don't get lost in the ESPN Plus buffet. That's, that's another point too. And I remember when the league formed and I was just like, I don't know how this is going to evolve, you know, because you, you lost some big programs. You kept a ton, obviously. But what do you think about where it is now in 2020 and where you expected it to be at this point in 2014? I mean, I think everybody had questions. And I think that nobody could have thought when this league first formed as is, oh, yeah, they've got national championship caliber basketball. And not just from one school. Like, there, there are numerous contenders each year, like a, a team like Creighton has risen to mm. the realm of contendership. Yeah. Oh, and those programs have benefited by the Big East, by being in the Big East, you know. I think Butler, Xavier, and Creighton have gotten recruits as a result of being in the Big East that they oh, wouldn't have gotten definitely. another. That's, definitely. No that's, question. I've said this before, and I mean it. I know a lot of people roll their eyes at me, and I get this a lot, but the Big East is a good league. It's a very good league. Villanova I call it a great makes, league. Villanova makes it a great league. Absolutely true. Yeah, very true. By being, you have to have a villain. You have to have a team that everybody wants to be. Villanova does everything right. Nobody's won more in college basketball than them over the last seven years. There are coaches who are just trying to be half as good as them, not just not in the Big East, nationally. So the way that they've won and the emergences of Xavier, of Creighton last year, Creighton showing, yeah, we can win a regular season title too. You know, yeah. Hall and Providence have both benefited. That's the thing. When this league first formed, you're saying, how is this all going to work? Seton Hall and Providence, who had previously been doormats, were given an open door to, yep. to, to give the mat a, you know, to throw it around a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, shake it loose, yeah. They, they got shaken loose, and they got going a little bit. So I think it says that much more. Like, you would have thought Georgetown and St. John's could be programs that benefited, and those programs have been I know. Off. They've been I know. The lights out, nobody's home. 
We know literally about that a lot. And you, you can't spell villain without Villanova. You know, you just can't. But that's one thing that's really cool, John, is I remember thinking when we when X got that one seed, and I remember the first time we took Villanova down at home. You know, it was they were number one in the country. We were number five, Cintas winning. Remember that game? Bananas. One of the coolest games of Cintas of all time, in my opinion. When you, when you beat Villanova, who had already won a championship, when you beat those guys, you feel like you can beat anyone in the country. And I think that's a cool feeling for everyone else. That's what you have to have in your league. Yeah. You know, you just beat teams and, and you say that's a nice league win, but I don't know if that applies to the NCAA tournament. You know, and that's the next step for the Big East. They've got to get three teams in the same season in the Sweet 16. I thought this oh, past that'd be huge. But that is the next step. You had Xavier as a surprise team as the 11th seed make the Elite Eight, mm-hmm. but it was only them and, and what? Uh, it was only them. That, yeah, we were the only one in the – because Villanova got knocked out uh, second round. Yeah, uh, second rounder, second rounder championship yeah. for Villanova for whatever reason. Yeah, so I think that that's the key next step for the Big East Conference is you've got to be able to generate three teams into that second weekend. It's hard. I mean, that's out of sixteen teams, and people could say, "Oh, it shouldn't be that hard," but it is. It's it's very difficult. And that's one thing that people don't understand. They talk about uh, like how in like as Xavier fans, we hear all the time how we've never made a Final Four, and that makes us automatically not a good program. Apparently, uh, it's. It's not, it's not easy. It's an Anything happen on any one day, yeah. It's not a rite of passage. You know, it's not, it's not this thing where, like, it, it, it shouldn't be – if that were the way it is, then the sport wouldn't carry the magnitude it does in March, right? For sure. Like, exactly. you really learn to appreciate wins in March. You learn to appreciate Big East wins. I mean, that, but that's the next step the Big East has to take. What I would just say in this league, as you guys know it, it provides us with midweek drama from early January to the end of March into April because these midweek games, I find them sometimes even more satisfying than the weekend games because yeah. there's just something about Tuesday and Wednesday night doubleheaders in this conference. They can get downright bananas at times. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. I know it. Yeah. You go to a Cintas at 6-10 on a Wednesday night, and it is jumping. Oh I have trouble sometimes. I really – I have trouble sometimes picking games to go to. You know, I, I really sure. do. I have a challenge trying to decide which game should I go to, which game's going to be the best game of the night. I mean, it's hard at times because you really are – you sometimes have dilemmas. You have a social dilemma, uh, as we're <laughs> well, seeing on next week. I'll make that's it easy for you. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever game Andy and Cap are at, that's the one you should <laughs> Okay. All right. I'll, I'll just follow <laughs> you guys. This- so, that means more trips to the Sintas Center – and more trips to Skyline Chile. Absolutely. The Celtics are the Celtics are on me, but I'm saying, John. But in the next two years, I'm doing a Big East road trip, or I'm going to every X game in every road Big East environment because it just has to be done. They're all worth going to, and I think that's something to be said too. Every venue, every environment is cared about and has its own character. You want to know my favorite Big East road trip? It hit me absolutely. It's Omaha, Nebraska. I, I thought that's where you were going with that. And it's for reasons that won't be shared on this podcast. <laughs> you only have to meet me there to find out why. Done. Uh, plane tickets are being bought now. I'm, I'm booking it as we speak. Activities that occur will not be shot on camera. <laughs> All right, Fanta and Spike everybody. Spike Seltzer's collision course. Yeah, a little bit more heavy than that. But, yeah, we start with that. <laughs> oh, man. That's my practice. Let's uh, go. I, Ohio I, style. I, I, I got to go to flights.com. Let's see. And I'll find the best deal <laughs> Expedia. To Omaha, Nebraska. I use Expedia. I actually use Expedia yep. when I book my Good man. All right, perfect. 
All right. Andy, uh, Andy will talk offline and we'll, we'll get, uh, we'll get tickets booked. All right. Excellent. So, yeah. I got, I got Greg McDermott on my, on my line. I got him. Yeah. We got it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's great. All right. I'll, I'll um, kind of bring it back to uh, our, our agenda. Uh, so I, I kind of want to know, like in the big East this year, I mean, there's a lot of great players. We, we know that each, each year there's stars. The all big East team is probably the toughest to choose from. Uh, out of out of all the conferences, or at least up there. But who are the underrated ones? Who's the breakout player that no one really talks about or is getting enough hype? Who who breaks out this year in the Big East? And why is it Polly Polly Cap? <laughs> <laughs> all name team with Pontelius. All idiots. name teams. Uh, love it. All got all name teamers. You know who who are some of the breakout candidates? I really like Julian Champagny at St. John's. He averaged fourteen and eight over the final eight games last season, he really came on. And I think that if he continues to come on, him and Marcellus Erlington for St. John's, Mike Anderson can coach. Now he needs a couple of guys to break out. Those are a couple of candidates. Um, I look at Xavier, and that's where my next stop would be. And I just think that Kiki Tandy scratched the surface. But I think now with Quinn Gooden gone – and, and now with more of a void to fill in the backcourt and the fact that he's a returning, you know, I like Tuan Odom, but you never really know. Right. And I like CJ Wiltshire. You never fully know what you're going to get out of freshman. I think Wilcher's ability to shoot, you know, if he can, if he can <sighs> perimeter shots, very excited about like that. He can, that's a game changer for Xavier. Xavier oh, yeah, yeah. times has been, I mean, shooting threes for them has looked ugly. with brutal. <laughs> We talk about that a ton. Oh, it was, it was right. brutal so, watching them. Wiltshire's <sighs> ability to hit the three for them. You know, that's, that's a very interesting storyline. And I think Tandy, to answer your question, is a breakout candidate. I think because Marcus Howard was on Marquette, everybody gravitates around him. I really like Kobe McEwen's floor game. And I think McEwen's going to break out even more this year than he already has. So that would be three. I'll give you two more. Justin Moore has a chance to be a top 15 NBA draft pick. Yep. He's that good. He's going to break out. He's going to be big time for Villanova. I have high expectations for him. I really, I really do believe that he's, that he's a guy that can really break out for them. And I'll give you one that's a little bit under the radar, and I'll go with um, Providence. Stretch for a kid named Noah Horchler. He's a North Florida mm. transfer. He can score the basketball. He's going to give Providence some range out of the front court. Interesting piece. That's good. I got a quick question, Andy, if you don't mind. So this is about Villanova, who I know you probably talk about more than you'd care to talk about. But uh, so they're, they've been dominant. Do you think they're going to be more of like the dominant Villanova or more of like the really good Villanova? Oh, dominant Villanova. Yeah, I think so too. If you asked me to make a pick right now, I would take them to go 16-2 and two in the conference. Oh, right. man. That, yeah, they're going to be dominant. That's, that's tough to hear, but, I mean, you really can't argue it. They're loaded. They're loaded. Here's the thing. They bring everybody back except for Sadiq Bay. So they don't have any guys coming in that, it, that Jay Wright has to be like, oh, my gosh, there's a pandemic going mm -hmm. on. I'm not going to know my system. Huge, and yeah. What they're supposed to do, the two kids that are new to their roster this year both sat out last year and watched the whole season of practice and were in on practices. Caleb Daniels was sometimes better on Villanova's scout team than some of the guards they ended up facing. And Eric Dixon's a really good redshirt freshman for the Wildcats. This is a dominant Villanova team. Yeah, this is a team that could, This is a team that could win the national championship and go 33-3. and three. Honestly, I've, no I have question. no doubt about that. They just and I, I know, better. Yeah, and I know people will say, oh, my gosh, you know, you're – but I just don't see the holes. I mean, maybe, maybe I'll be surprised, but I'm betting uh, – 
my money is on Villanova until they prove otherwise. And uh, we keep saying that's, that that's they're smart. dead until someone knocks us off, knocks them off. Yeah, it's okay. theirs until someone takes it from them. And Tyshawn Alexander being gone from Creighton erases mm-hmm. the idea of a two-horse race at the top. Agreed. Agreed. Creighton's still, I think, the second-best team in the league, but I don't think they're – I think they're in a different tier than Villanova, in my opinion. It's closer, though. It, the, the gap has mm-hmm. closed a little bit. UConn and Seton Hall are more in the picture now than they've been. Sure. So who do you see in that next group, John? I, I, I think that, like, like always, that three through seven, eight group is just, like you also. said, it cannibalizes itself. Is there anyone that – yeah, exactly. Is there anyone that sticks out maybe as, like, a third or fourth to you out of that group, or is it just a, a big cluster? Well, I break it up into tiers this year, guys. So I've got, I've got Villanova one. Okay. Creighton two. Okay. Yep. I have this tier. Mm-hmm. Seton Hall, UConn, Providence. Okay. Okay. I have a four. Here's tier four. Xavier, Marquette, St. John's, and Butler. Okay. Yeah. DePaul and Georgetown are in. Interesting. DePaul and Georgetown are. Yeah. They're they're drinking O'Doul's. (laughs) Party. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Their seltzers are not spiked, John. Yeah, we did not have (laughs) any seltzers that were spiked for them this year. I'm sorry, but that's just the case this year. it's a it's a building process. John, can we talk about Georgetown real quick? Can we talk about Georgetown? Like, I just think of that program and all the assets and all the history, and now they have Ewing, um, and who I think can coach. I think Ewing can legit coach. I think he proved that when they had the mass excess of talent, and he kept it and he kept it alive. But like, what do you see from them? Do you think there's going to be a, a a growth there, or do you do you see the signs of growth? Yes, I do, and I think that they have some interesting recruits that they've been able to lock up for this upcoming year and the following year. But I think you've got to get sustainability. Patrick Ewing's been able to recruit, but his whole freshman class of 2018 is no longer on the roster. Feel that. So it's, it's a lot of talent too. This has been a bit of misfortune guys. Um, right. It's been a bit of just things that didn't work out, but they've got, uh, they've got a kid named Jamari Sibley coming in. Who's an interesting prospect. You got Tyler Beard now coming in next year, um, th- but this year's a—it's a bit of a rebuild year. You know, they—they've just got. To, I think Ewing can coach. He keeps them in games, but they just don't have enough firepower to compete with some of these other teams in the league. So I think that Georgetown's still two or three years away. I do not think I—I I, I do not think that you just you know say it's because of Ewing. I think it's because of a lot of different things, some of which have been misfortune. Some of which have been, you know, you go from John Thompson the third. There's a bit of, you know, like I know it's John Thompson the third to Patrick Ewing guys, but you're going from a guy who is a legend's son mm-hmm. to a guy who is also one of the prodigal sons of the program, was in the NBA for a decade and a half wants to do this job right, but I think it's very difficult to go from the NBA to college. I think it's a lot easier to go from college to the NBA. I think it's hard to go from NBA to college. It's just two different animals. I think he needs a couple more years. I do think, I, maybe this will not age well, but I'm going to go on the record and say I still think Georgetown at some point in the next three years to four years is going to have a year that gets people, you know, back in it with Georgetown basketball again because the recruiting – you know, bear with me for a second. If I if I just take a look at what they're doing on the recruiting trail, yeah, of course. 
you got to think that some of this. They're bringing, they're bringing in the talent. They've, they've run I think, like you said, I think Ewing is the guy. You know, this, this year, Sibley, six-foot-eight power forward, a four-star kid. You got a shooting guard in Kobe Clark who will be interesting to see if, if it sticks. An Arkansas transfer in Jalen Harris, they're going to rely on Harris to be the point. Javon Blair really was good at the end of last year. They're going to expect him to play off of, mm-hmm. off of Harris. But, you know, I look at 2021, they got the fifth-best recruiting class in the Big East, and it's top 25 nationally. You've got Jordan Riley. You've got Tyler Beard. You've got Jalen Billingsley. All three guys that are solidly ranked. Now it's just about getting it to stick. They've got to develop their players. They've got to get them in defined roles, and then from that build up. They Georgetown's like a construction mm-hmm. project that had, is great in theory, but just hasn't been able to to get going because of a, of a of a variety of factors. And I think a pandemic only. It only hurts that, you know, it really does. So this year's a rebuilding year. I think next year's when you get back to that, okay, what's going to happen here? They got to start to show some material results. I don't, no this year, I mean, question. Like, and that's one thing that's tough about this league and one thing that's – go ahead, Andy. I, I just think like, with, with Georgetown, I, one, we kind of need them. As, as a league, it just makes sense for Georgetown to be good. And it makes sense for their arena to be rocking. Like we've seen their arena and it's just – it's dead. Like we need that. We need them to get excited. Give Georgetown. them something to build right. off of. You're right. You know, big brand. Um, Georgetown basketball is the Big East. The Big East is Georgetown basketball. They need Patrick Ewing. And I would love. I would want nothing more. I'm telling you right now. I will raise my hand and say this. And I don't care what I get. There is not a guy that I want to see succeed more than Patrick Ewing at Georgetown because I think it would be such a neat story. The prodigal son comes back. He's stuck with it. He didn't quit. And now he's got them back in the big dance. I still think that's possible. Patience. I know people don't want to hear that. But, you know, if you, if you go away from that and then make some sort of crazy change, you never know. You, the grass isn't always greener. Stick with it. It could be a great story. I still think it's possible. It's not I, I, I not only think it's possible, I think it's likely. And. I agree. Um, like, and we, we've seen like how coaching changes can just, you never know what's going to happen with them. Like they can ex- extremely alter a program and could possibly like really set one back. So you don't want to jump on a coaching change too quickly. I think the same thing with the Paul and, and Dave over there. Yeah. Like, um, he's, he's recruiting like crazy right That's now. That's what the people want to talk just, about, Andy. <laughs> they, they, they've had some like abysmal years in the past and really didn't show much sign of growth until this this, up, uh, this upcoming season with this recruiting class. Fourth in the I, country. They should, all be, they should all be bought in, and he, he deserves quite a few more years before you make a, such an e- extreme change like that. New athletic director to Paul, Dwayne Peavy. You know, we'll see what he does uh, with the Blue Demons. I mean, that, when you bring in a new AD, he's going to be evaluating the head coach. So Definitely. Uh, we'll see how this year goes. You know, they got to show some signs of progress. But, John, if you're, if you're, if you're Lado, and I know he's had some tough seasons – He's got the number four recruiting class in the country, and you're the Big East bottom feeder. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to see how you could part ways with that when you're recruiting at that level. I know they haven't put it together, but to be honest with you, for them being the bottom feeder of a conference, that's a fantastic bottom feeder. I mean, they've been in the top 100 of Ken Palm. I mean, they've had some good well, you wins. Gotta, you got to turn a corner. You got to show that you can put some wins up in your league. True. You know, right, for right sure. Now, like, DePaul's got those moments where they're just kind of the Cleveland Browns of the Big East. It's like – you want to buy the hype 
and you want to get excited about what's there, but it's just like, when is it going to fully pan out? And I think mm-hmm. Abe Leto, it's the time is now. They got to start to put something together. They got Charlie Moore back. They're actually the only Big East team out of the 11 that returns their leading scorer. Really? Only one. That's, that's surprising. I, I think that's incredible in both ways. Like, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, it's really good for DePaul. Like, that's really good for them to build off of. But that just kind of shows how much talent keeps filtering into the Big East. Like each yeah, team, but it also really. shows what you lost. You lost Marcus Howard. You lost Paul. You lost mm-hmm. Baldwin. You lost Tyshawn Alexander. You know, like you lost a lot of players. And so it's going to be interesting to see who comes in a new role. So there's going to be sophomores that the door's open for them to be that next star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. It's going to be interesting. I, I think it's, it's going to be really, really fun to see. But I think now we're in a stretch where the Big East is back up. I think when oh, Villanova yeah. lost a bunch of their guys – Xavier lost Trayvon Blue at Jacob McCure. I think there's a mass exodus. And I think now there's – we're kind of back on the come up with the Big East as a whole as far, as far as the talent in the conference. Well, you look at the recruiting classes. I think they got eight classes in the top 35 of the country for 2021. So the recruiting's strong. You're talking about coaches that have sustained their success. Jay Wright at Villanova. Greg McDermott at Creighton. Kevin Willard at Seton Hall. Mike Anderson has sustained his success throughout his career. Ed Cooley's not going anywhere at Providence. For a conference to sustain success, you have to be able to keep your coaches. You know, the first couple of years of the league, Chris Holtman leaves from Butler yeah. and goes to Ohio State, right? Chris Mack leaves. And you know what? I know Xavier fans get all worked up about that. I want to make this clear. Chris Mack was not going to leave for any other job. But if I were yep. the Xavier coach, I would have left for Louisville too. And here's why. Yeah, of course. You're talking about one of the five best brands in college basketball. Okay? Absolutely. You know, it's like in the NFL. Um, let me think about this here for a second. You know, if I'm a coach of – I'm trying to think of the right comparison. Well, I'm a coach of the Oakland Raiders, who are a great brand and who have had success, uh, but it's been a while since they won at the Super Bowl level, you know. But then I get a phone call, like the Oakland Raiders are a very good brand and have a really nice fan base now they're the Las Vegas Raiders. But if I get a phone call to go to the Packers. Oh, yeah. I'm taking that. The Packers. You know, with those diehard fans over there. It's not an insult on Xavier. It's just the reality of the situation. Sure, so, sure. But I'm- that's the key to a conference. You've got to keep your coaches. The Big East is now in a position where they've kept their coaches intact. And they've done a nice job of, of that. You've seen enough money get put up. And Dan Hurley is going to be at UConn to stay. He's not going anywhere. Oh, no, absolutely not. And it's crazy, too, the investment in basketball. I mean, I look at Providence and what they've done with their student center, just ridiculous facilities and just DePaul's new – even DePaul's new facility. I mean, the facilities are top-notch. The investment's top-notch. And it's just an incredible – it's just incredible to be a part of it, honestly. But like you said with Mac and stuff, I mean, Xavier's lost their last three coaches to Ohio State, Arizona, and Louisville. I don't feel insulted by that. You know, like not even a little bit. And I and every single coach has made it a better place than, than it was before they, they got here. And I feel the same way about Coach Steele. Totally you know, agree with you. And I think the Travis Steele enter is a very interesting year. I think for Xavier, you know, the key again is do they get enough from those incoming freshmen? How much do they get from Odom and Wiltshire? And then what happens in the front court? I really like Zach Fremantle. Yeah. I what Deontay Miles brings because I think he's, yes. he's our guy. High, he's got sky high potential. 
Like, uh, you don't see freshmen, and he was young for his class. He was 17 as a freshman. You don't see freshmen that are 6'11", 7 feet, that move and are that agile and that skilled. I mean, he's he's got a, a, a very interesting package. And I think as he puts on some size, he's going to be special. I don't want to say Justin Patton, but maybe a similar arc, you know, where he could – once it blows up, it'll blow up quick. Yeah, very true. He's a large, large man. I want to see all that on the court. And we know what Xavier can do with big men, guys. So that gets me salivating. Inject Deontay Miles in my veins, Fanta. Inject, Inject it, in, my it veins. in my veins, baby. <laughs> You're dang right. And give me some Spike Seltzer. Now we're talking. I'm loving Miles this. Itself. Loving this. The energy. <laughs> all right. Um, so another thing I want to know is, um, like, you, you've been – uh, you, you've been in this for a few years now, and you've seen a lot of players filter through. You've seen a lot of um, coaches you've built relationships with. Who is your favorite player slash coach to interview, and why is it J.P. Mikura? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was going to be my answer for player because I love interviewing him. Are you serious? Uh, oh, he's amazing. He's fantastic. Oh, really? I mean, I, I, he actually uh, – whenever I'd come to Xavier to visit practice or whatnot, sometimes he would be – like he'd make sure he found me when I was walking around or, or if I was around, he's just great. I mean, I love JP Makura. I think, uh, I think the world of him, I lo- always love talking to him. You know, he's, he's a blast in terms of other players. I think David Duke, he's a first class act. I've loved conversing with him. I've loved getting to know him. He's excellent. Sandro Mamukelas really at Seton Hall has been a joy to cover. He's always accessible. He's always excellent. I've, I've really, really enjoyed covering him. Um, as Carlos Santana hits a solo shot for the Cleveland Indians. That's a big sign for the tribe. Uh, I'm watching the Indians here. Love it. Love it. White Sox. So those are a couple of players. Coaches, you could choose from a variety of them. Um, I love T. Steele. I think he's, he's first class. I always love visiting with him. You know, I try to get into for games, which this year it'll be different, but I try to get in the day before. You know, I really sit down with coaches and get a chance right. to, to talk with them about their teams. And I've always loved Travis because he takes as much time as you need. So I've developed a really good rapport with him. Patrick Ewing is Patrick Ewing. He's awesome. And Ed Cooley. I mean, Eddie is just – what you see is what you get. He's the very, very best. He's awesome. He's fantastic. And I don't know how much interaction you've had with Mike Anderson yet, but he seems like a fantastic guy. He is. Mike is so um, – he, he's clean cut. And mm-hmm. he's so – business oriented he so badly wants to turn the program around one thing i love about mike though when you get a chance to talk with him he gives you a direct answer he gives you everything you need to know um i haven't gotten a chance to know him very well because he's only been around for a year and st john's was in a bit of a rebuild this past year Uh but i'm looking forward to getting to know him more and uh, i really think that he's the guy to turn st john's around i've had this take before and i will say it again Mike Anderson is going to be the coach that ends St. John's NCAA tournament win drought. That drought's going to end under him. No we question. Very, very highly of um, Mike Anderson. We tell St. John's fans a lot, even though like, we, we dog a lot of the Big East teams. We, we, joke, we joke with them a lot. I mean, you see it. Um, but Mike Anderson, he's, he's just a guy that he's got it. You can see um, they're, they're in just about every game. They don't get blown out. Uh, players seem to want to play for him. They work hard for him. Like, he, he's going to get it done. Yeah. He's going to get it done. And he knows what he, – he knows the type of kid that he needs to get at first. Every St. John's fan, guys, wants that four- or five-star kid. 
Right. St. John's fans have to temper their expectations a little bit and understand that it's about getting three-star kids and then developing them into those types of talents. Mm-hmm. So they bring in Posh Alexander. I've heard nothing but good things about Posh Alexander. I've heard that he's, he's winning practices for St. John's. Wow. He's been the best player on the floor at times in practice. It's going to be difficult to leave him off the floor. You know, I think you'll see Rasheem Dunn, Greg Williams, Champagny, Erlington, maybe Arnaldo Toro, the George Washington transfer. Uh, I don't know what Josh Roberts, I don't know what kind of shape he'll be in. But St. John's, they're going to have some added depth. They're going to have some added sides. And if they can get the type of contribution they think they can get from, uh, from Vince Cole and Isaiah Moore, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the Johnnies take shape because I, I like some of their freshmen. I think Posh Alexander is a freshman to watch in the Big East that not enough people are talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we love Mike Anderson. I love that. I think that they're going to be an awesome program. And like you said, those Georgetowns of St. John's, I think those guys being good is great for the league. Well, they're huge brands. And if you want Madison Square Garden rocking even more than it already is, you need those two programs on the map. Uh, I think no that's question. absolutely true. It's, it's massive for the league. That just gives exposure to everybody, especially um, teams like I mean, Xavier, Butler, and Creighton. I mean, we kind of group those three together because they're, they're the newcomers that came along. Um, that, I mean, people, they, people still don't think of them as national brands, national teams. We want to get to that point. And Georgetown, St. John's, Seton Hall, Providence, UConn, yeah. like we, need, we need all of them to be good for that to happen. So Biggie success is success that just goes all together. Yep. It is. You, you, that's why this conference, which is unique about this league, is you see teams root for each other during the NCAA tournament. There okay. is a belief of carrying that banner. I think that that's the difference with the Big East as opposed to other conferences where football's first. And that, that always, as a result, basketball gets diluted. You really see the character of basketball programs within the Big East Conference because they are at the forefront. And I think these coaches have carried a good banner. I really do. Absolutely. John, you've been absolutely fantastic with your time. It wouldn't be the Roll Blob podcast experience, though, if I didn't hit you with some rapid fire, kind of out, out, out of the blue questions, if you don't mind. I got, I got a, a quick one-minute rapid fire segment for you, if, if you're willing to give the people at home what they want. Cute. Let's run it. Okay. Favorite Big East mascot? Butler Bloom. Favorite restaurant? Um, old Canteen, Providence, Rhode Island, Federal Hill. <laughs> Love it. Favorite dessert? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> a, a hot fudge brownie sundae from Grater's. Oh, Phantom Love Bomb. It. Love it. When you, were, when you were six years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? And why is it a co-host on the Roadblock Podcast? <laughs> Shut up, Andy. <laughs> co-host on the Roadblock Podcast. That's what it was. No, I, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster or a weatherman. I thought I My could man. be a weatherman. Who, who's your favorite boy band? Backstreet Boys, baby. Yes. <laughs> that was. Yes. Favorite animal at the zoo? Favorite animal at the zoo? I saw a goat last week, and I freaking loved it. (laughs) The goat goat loves goats. Favorite vacation spot? Oh, gosh. Favorite vacation spot. Uh, I tell you what, 
Charleston, South Carolina, if you've never been, it's absolutely beautiful. Love the Charleston Classic. I think it's a very, you know, I'm not just going to give you the Classic Beach. I love the town. I love that Charleston Classic. If you ever got a team in there like Xavier was last year, get out to it. It's awesome. Great food, great basketball, tourism stuff, fun. And double OTs, X wins over UConn. Okay. (laughs) After a win. Cats or dogs? Dogs all the way. (laughs) Yes, sir. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Yes. Favorite Will Ferrell movie? Kicking and screaming. Love it. <laughs> Love it. The deep cut. Uh, favorite rom-com? Uh, t- tell me what those are again. <laughs> favorite romantic comedy? Oh, 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 oh. Favorite romantic <laughs> comedy? Father of the Bride. <laughs> All right, you're at halftime. You're halfway home. Favorite Spice Girl? I don't even know them. <laughs> that's 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 actually the right answer <laughs> if you could change your name to anything what would it be oh my and why is it poly poly cap it my my name change would be hugh jackson <laughs> <laughs> the only the only wrong answer you finally missed favorite current tv show wow ozark favorite tv show of all time Who wants to be a millionaire with Regis Philbin? Absolute classic. Indians live or Big East live? Big East live, baby. <laughs> yes. Do it. Favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate peanut butter cup all the way. If Fanta's not drinking spiked seltzers, he's drinking blank. Miller High Life, the champagne. Oh, oh suck it, Andy. Oh, <laughs> oh all right. Burn. And last question, favorite sporting event in the world? The Big East Tournament at Madison Square Garden. Absolutely. Love it. That is, that is what we call a walk-off right there. John, you are absolutely fantastic with your time. Thank you for taking some time for the little people and paying it forward. We really appreciate the time. You guys aren't little people. You're big people making a big impact covering the Big East Conference. I'm happy to join you anytime. Big East, bigger people. I love it, John. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Thank you for your time. Salute. Thank you, brother. Have a great night. Guys, you too. Thanks for having me. Oh man, Andy, the uh, the Hornets is to the roof. Wow! (laughs) Man, how was that, ladies and gentlemen? Insert Ron Burgundy boner gif. (laughs) You have a massive erection. Really? Oh, it turns out it's it's the pleats. Yeah, dude, it's the pleats, Andy. That was uh, that was awesome, dude. I mean, we we had no business interviewing John Fanta. I mean, he's gracious and he is kind. And that is why we, we pray at, we pray at the knees at the altar of John Fanta and we practice Fantaism. We, we were 100% honest when we called him our Lord and savior. Um, that was the God of the big East. That was not a lie. That was completely natural, completely genuine. And that, <laughs> that's a good way to describe him. Like he is just a genuine guy who gave time to the little people. Um, Cause I mean, he, like, he is so far above us. He, we Dude. could not be more blessed that he gave his time to us and to you guys. So we're and those all-knowing, all-powerful, a complete sentient being. I mean, everyone knows this. Um, but, yeah, he, he graced the little people with his presence today. And it was like, uh, like when you see Jesus in a dream. It was wild. <laughs> it was crazy. It's, it's confirmed. God is for the boys. God is for the boys. Can confirm. Yeah, that was awesome, bro. <laughs> God? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's John. <laughs> have you ever seen him in the same room together? Nope, no, I have not. 
can confirm. So that was awesome, man. And um, we're just going to take that momentum and roll this blot all the way through the rest of the pod, if that's cool with you guys. Um, yeah, that was just insane. I mean, I was just mid-interview, just like, this is fucking fun. Like, because you go into an interview, you, you figure out your questions, you have a plan. And then, like, we were 10 minutes in, and I was just like, was I, just want to ask this, I just want to ask this dude everything about the Big East <laughs> ever. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, like, it, it sucked that we only had an hour because I could just sit there and talk to him about the biggies for a day. That was incredible. Before we get to actual hashtag content, Andy, I am going to plug our just absolute gift to all the fucking kings out there, which are Broken Anchor Gray Sweats. Oh, and you thought we couldn't get hornier. <laughs> you thought. Surprise. If you want to peep the dagger all fucking winter long, Kings. If you want that lady to just, you know, just throw the teas out there, just dangle the carrot, you need you a pair of Roblox pod sweats. And there's no better gift to your woman than you wearing <laughs> broken anchor or Roblox pod gray sweatpants. And nothing goes better with Roblox pod sweats than a Roblox pod sweatshirt. Slay Available all, now. Slay all winter, It's going to be a hot winter. Love oh, to fucking see it. Girl. <laughs> You're out here, advertisements. Okay, moving on. <laughs> and a word from our sponsors. Okay, wow. moving on, Andy. <laughs> Before we go too off the rails. Insert your ad here, billboard. Okay, moving on. We are, Andy, we are shameless bag chasers out here. We're just chasing the biggest bag. <laughs> I was like, can you blame us? Like, we're five beer prospects. That's, that's, we're five beer prospects. We can get whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, man. Like, just hand, hand yeah. me stuff. Right, and we'll deal with it when we get to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? When we get to the league, you know, we'll do like Cam Newton. It's an ongoing investigation. <laughs> As they say, it's an ongoing investigation. Yeah, we're out here just ch- we're chasing bags, and we don't even give a fuck. Anyway. I mean, I'm open to it. Yeah, they paid me. Back to the rails here, Andy. Um, so I just want to insert my weekly plug that we are 61 days and counting, by the time you'll be listening to this, to actual college basketball action. I mean, hoops – Turkey, hoops and turkey, Andy. What more can you ask for? <laughs> hoops I, I mean, and turkey. I always love the Thanksgiving. I mean, everybody talks about Thanksgiving football, but the Thanksgiving preseason tournaments, like, oh. that's what I live for. Oh, like, hoops and turkey. It's like J.P. Makira, who's playing in turkey. Hoops and turkey, double entendre. Dude, it's the fucking best, man. I mean, it's going to be really fucking fun. And like we've said before, there's been a lot of shitty things with this year. Obviously, 2020 has been a fucking bitch. But there's going to be really cool fucking memories that come from this shit, like watching NFL football and then game seven on the same night. You know, like Thanksgiving and college basketball openers. You know what I mean? It's going to be really fucking cool, man. And, and we've given you a bunch of shit about – you being just a blind optimist that we were going to get college basketball. I said you were, you know, living out in la-la land, um, sniffing the fairy dust. But, dude, Andy, we made it. Yeah. You and Julie dogged me so hard for that opinion. That all like, takes experience. I, I felt like I was backed into a corner, and you guys just kept coming left and right with punches of why we're not having a basketball season. I just had, I just had to completely defend the idea. Sorry, my mind went astray when you said backed into a corner. I just, you know, thought of a scenario in my head. Sorry. Um, hashtag oh, is, uh, it, is it NSFW? One could say that, yes. My <laughs> man. Do we, have, do we have the E next to the freaking podcast or what? Um, it would not be the Rollblob fucking podcast without the explicit tag. It's the Rollblob fucking podcast. 
the Roblox fucking podcast. Um, yeah, people need to know where the fuck we are. And with that, man, I'm just going to say, I'm just throwing this out there. We're still a ways away. Catch me at the Mohegan Sun. How about that? Dude, I, Dude that, that has to be a vacation. Dream vacation. Gambling. And just round the round the clock basketball. Like that, that had like honestly, I'm gonna have I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a pre bachelor party. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and have a bachelor. I'm not even getting married. I'm just gonna go ahead and have a bachelor party with my bachelor. God, dude, the dude, we need to make some video montage of us just gambling all night, watching hoops, drinking beers, crashing the hotel buffet, dude, just going to town. Dude, that, I can just see like I can just see like you, me. Hot balls, Carlissimo, fucking just straight squad, just being, just just involving ourselves in straight debauchery for just fourteen days straight, just never being be sober, in heaven. never being sober, never not watching basketball, sleeping three hours a night, and just losing five k at the craps table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my entire bank account will go to beer and. Losing to blackjack, <laughs> and I will regret literally none of it. Literally, like, I'll, I'll be, I will go into debt. I'll have to take out a loan, but Dude, it, it'll be the it'll first be so debt of my entire life. It. It'll be absolutely worth it. It'll, it'll be the spiral that you know creates the downward spiral for the rest of our lives. But I will have no regrets. Like, like, I mean, every every guy in their mid twenties has to go through a downward spiral. I mean, I've gone through like six of them, but it'll be our real life version just, of the hangover. It'll be our real life version of the hangover, bro. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It'll, it'll be fucking awesome. We'll lose JP on the roof, and it, it's gonna be a great fucking time. <laughs> I, I, honestly, like I can see that actually happening. I Who's mean, our Allen? We need to find an Allen, though, bro. But if if you have to ask, though, does that mean you're the Allen? You know, are, are you the crazy one? Yeah, you know they say like if if you don't know who the dumbest person in the room is, it's probably you. If you don't know who the Allen is, it's probably you. So it might be me. I might be the uh, You're the one that asked. Like, I was honestly thinking it was going to be me, but you're the one that brought it up. So I think it's by default, Captain Allen. He seemed like a real straight shooter. <laughs> you're, telling me the dr- you're telling me the drug dealer outside the gas station wasn't a straight shooter. I'm fucking shocked. <laughs> Your language is offensive. <laughs> you're such a freaking moron. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm Allen. Uh, damn it. Yeah, I guess we'll have to, uh, you, you, congratulations, you played yourself. Are you down to be blood brothers though? Dude, fuck yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Cool. We'll join the wolf pack. Okay. So Andy, I'm going to put us back on the rails real quick. Um, oh my God. Sorry. I saw Vince Carter jump over a man from the Olympics. Um, sorry. His sports center with SVP is just must watch television. So we are recording this just for the listeners at home right after football and basketball. So stuff just ended and we just saw everything go down. So we'll get into it and give you our takes on what happened. You're going to get very, very recent hashtag content. We are here for you. But as I get back on the rails here, Andy, I want to talk about something real quick. that has been my personal endeavor and I'm only going to give you 60 seconds to a minute of this 69 seconds, if you will. It has to be a minute nine. The 69 quickest seconds of all time. Um, I want to talk about Xavier. I want to talk about Xavier TBT, which has been my personal plight. Um, and we have the biggest amount of momentum that we've had in that entire process. It's been, you know, I created the Twitter account for it three months ago. Um, really tried to just create the energy bus out of nowhere. Cause I think that there was a, I thought there was a big amount of energy with it. And then sometimes you just have to strike while the iron's hot. And I was like, Hey, the iron's as hot as it's going to be. Let's see if I can create some hype here. And, um, it worked it, and we got a lot of people in on it. We got, 
um, coach, coach Rick Carter, who was an assistant at Xavier, who's all in and he's been all in from the jump. And while damn near everyone else's, you know, commitment to it wavered, his never did. And, and mine never did. And we stayed committed to this process. And I'm not going to say it's done. It's a done deal, but I will say that we are in legitimate talks with verified TBT Twitter accounts. That's all I'm going to say. We are moving. Like there has Xavier, been motion. Xavier TBT. It's coming. And it's not just coming. It is wanted. Like, it is, dude. I can't believe this, bro. Like, I don't want to talk about this too long. I know I said sixty-nine seconds, but the fact that me, some fucking random fucking bullshitter, you like this team at, out, of th- out of fucking thin air, I, I, dude. No fucking cap, dude. Like that is literally without cap. Like, like we created this fucking the TBT championship when zip teams of them up takes it home, and you're just gonna be sitting there like with a tear in your eye, like you know I did this. I know, bro, and I. And I wanted this so bad, not even just for myself. I really wanted to – like, I love Xavier basketball, and I'm all about the off-one life. And I'm being dead honest here. And I know I'm like, you don't, don't get that out of me. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. like, I just wanted to give something back to, like, the fucking program that I fucking love my entire fucking life, you know? Like, we are lucky to be Xavier fans because I know what it's like to be a Reds fan. I know what it's like to be a Bengals fan. Like, I know like, – I, I can't even imagine being a Bearcats fan. Like, this fucking program idea. has brought me a lifetime of fucking joy. You know, have you ever seen Fever Pitch, Andy, with Jimmy Fallon? I have, yes. You know how he talks about, like, you love the Sox, but they love you back? And he just pauses. Xavier loves us back, you know? It's, it's provided a lifetime of joy. When there's been nothing else in life, you know, or what happens, Xavier's always there, you know? And uh, I just wanted to give something back and something cool, and I think that's what we're going to do. And, uh, and we're going to cut the fucking nets down, and I'm fucking hyped. Bro, could not have said it better myself. Like, and this is something that, like, it just does not make sense that it has not existed yet. Like, we've had no. a lot of alumni that have played in this tournament on, and, on different teams. And, and that's what's wild is multiple people have tried to take the reins on it. I mean, D. Davis happened. and Matt Stainbrook tried to, tried to take the reins on it. It didn't happen. There's been multiple groups of former players that tried to take the reins and nothing happened. And I don't know why. I mean, I'm not here to speak on that, but – I, I will do literally anything I possibly can to make this shit fucking happen. It would be so fucking fun, and we'd fucking win it because our team would be fucking loaded. Our team would be stacked. And, two, it's just like, dude, we deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like, our fan base deserves it. I mean, we have way too many players that are built for that kind of thing that would just be incredible. And, and it would just be such a cool thing for the fan base and for the, for the culture of the program. I mean, keeping having a reason for all the alumni to get together and have something – it could be an ongoing thing, bro. Like, this could be – yeah, like this could be like a tradition, you know, like when our, when your playing days are over, your professional career is over, you come play for the TBT team, you know, um, but, and but just like a cool, back on. yeah, a cool Xavier family thing. Like, because I think that is one thing that's really cool about the program is it's tight knit and it's a family, you know, like, and I know every program says that shit, but I do believe that Xavier is very fucking tight knit. And like, if you bleed Xavier blue, you, you know, we're cool, you know, like I heard Brad Bradford, Brad Bradford talking about that today. like. I just think that's very, very true. And I just think that'll be something really, really cool. and something I'm really trying to make happen. And I think, and we're doing everything we can. And I think we have real traction. So this is the first time I've really spoken on it publicly because I don't like speaking on things until I think that you it's happening. It. No, but I think that now we're at the point where it's at least we're talking to the right parties and right. both, the both parties, parties are, out. both parties are committed to making it happen. So, um, and I think we've got the right, the right guy in place in, in Rick Carter, who's, I mean, dude, he was, a, he, was, he was a high major Division One assistant for, for years, 
Um, and he's very committed, very smart guy. Uh, I, I think we've got the right people there for to actually make this thing finally happen once and for all. So, if, uh, if Jared Solinger can coach uh, in the TV, Jimmy <laughs> Carter can. Jared Solinger is actually the first player that ever dunked on me. By the way, sorry, random fucking plug. I got dunked on by Jared Solinger when I was in like this. Us. When I was, I know, we lost by like fifty, but it was in like the it was in the AAU state championship game, and we had been absolutely rolling. And this is a thirty second story, but uh, he played on the same team as Trey Burke. <laughs> And Trey Burke threw him an alley-oop in, uh, in, like, the first three minutes. And that was the moment I knew that I had no chance in basketball. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was literally that was humble beginnings. Literally, that was the moment. I literally, my coach grabbed a – he grabbed us all by the collars. And he called a timeout and grabbed us all by the collars. And we had, like, two or three kids that were Division One players. We had Justin Jackson, who plays for the Mavericks. Um, but he wasn't that good back then. Uh, he was actually two years younger than me. Um, but anyway – and I, I literally remember us yelling back, like, what the fuck did you want us to do about that? I'm four foot nine. I'm like, literally, I was literally like four foot 11, Andy, as a seventh grader. I was short as fuck. Soldier was like six foot seven already, dude. Like, what the fuck do you want us to do about that? He was ready for yeah. the league. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't mean to name drop, but I absolutely did. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to, to drop the plug and let you guys know that I am doing everything I fucking can to make that shit happen. Um, and I appreciate all of the, the people that have fueled the energy bus there because that's been a huge help. I mean, just getting the energy going and just getting enough demand, I think has been important because with, without that, I mean, the players are going to be like, why the fuck are we going to do it if no one cares about it anyway? You know? Oh, yeah. If we, I but I knew, if we, I knew if we got enough demand, if we got enough energy behind it, it would happen. And I think that's what happened. I, I think the players, like, once they, once they truly get organized, they'll be all mm-hmm. in because they'll see, like, you know, Xavier basketball, like, we were all in on just – we had one player on sideline cancer, and we we're all yeah. in on Remy Avery. Yeah. Dude, like, if, JP, if JP and overseas – or not overseas elite – if JP and Eberline Drive really had played, we would have lost our fucking minds over that shit. Because they I, had I not, them play. not just one of the most beloved Xavier players of all time. They also had Kaiser Gates, bro. We would have been freaking the fuck out. Even if, if Jordan Crawford had played for overseas elite – we would have been losing our minds over one fucking player. So I can't even fucking imagine if we have a zip them up Jersey and fit. Yeah. A staff of a staff of former players, a whole team of former players. Like, dude, it would be fucking wild, man. Um, And one of the cool things is, I mean, to be an an official alumni team, you need six players um, from one school, but we'd have a full 12. Like we could complete a fucking squad with. I don't think, I don't think we need any filler. I mean, it it depends on, I and I don't want to speak on too much, but I know that we have quite a bit of interest from former players. Um, I don't think we're going to need any fillers, but no, I, I don't think we would either. And I mean, I, they'll see that, you know, Xavier basketball fans, like we breathe Xavier basketball 24 seven. We need right. basketball from Xavier in the summer. Like the summer is yeah. so slow um, for all, for all Xavier fans. Cause we just sit there and think about Xavier basketball. Like we need to, mm-hmm. like, they'll, they'll see it, that. It, it fills in that gap. It gives you like that, like, that, that kind of like it tied me over, you know, you ever like, but before dinner at like three, four o'clock, you're like, I'm hungry, but I don't want to eat a whole ass dinner. You, right. you tied yourself over, have some chips and dip or something. You know what I mean? This will be your chips and dip, but like some bomb ass chips and dip. Like last year we had the three games in Spain and that was like enough. To, Dude, that was awesome. That, that was, that was I was, I was gobbling that fucking content down like a goddamn milkshake, dude. I was That's destroying that content. Oh dude, there literally was, that was awesome. Um, I live for summer for summer hoops 
absolutely just live for it. Um, so it, it would be such a fucking gift to give to Zayer Nation and, and something that I would want to continue for a long time. And honestly, dude, to, to be Rick was like, hey, man, will you be the GM of this team? I was like, oh, shit. as opposed to what? I have nothing going on in my life other than BSing on Twitter all the fucking time. It, like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course I'll fucking GM the fucking team. And I'll, I'll treat it like I won the fucking lottery, you know? Um, so lottery. honestly, dude, for, for a BSer on Twitter with a burner account and a guy that just got out of the Navy and, you know, a guy that was mopping ceilings for the last five years, <laughs> it, it's, it's fucking awesome. And um, obviously it's a much bigger opportunity for me than for Rick Carter, but um, it, it's fucking awesome. And it's just right. And all It'll be fucking. To, do to get it done was have a horny Captain Xavier. All it took, Andy, I think you've underestimated the power of burners. The power of burners. All it took was a burner account. They sleep. And <laughs> Don't sleep on the them. burners, dude. It's good to be a burner. It is a. It, there has never been a better time to be a burner than right now. So the bur- buyer stock now. In burners, 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 burners. You should have bought stock a long time ago. Um, burners, okay, I, I'm going to cut this short because I could talk about this all day, Andy. Let's transition into the Bengals. Um, if oh if I do if if I do recall, Andy, I believe you made some kind of take last week. If you'd like to refresh me on that, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I've never even huh. watched the Bengals play. Interesting. I could have sworn you were a Cincinnati sports fan, but. So we'll call it Cincinnati Sports Simp because you can't be a stan. You're a simp because holy shit. I'm horny um, for Cincinnati Sports. Cincinnati Sports is the equivalent of like a fat girl with shitty feet and you're purchasing her foot photos. Um, is that a that's problem? A, oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> ain't, nothing but a, ain't nothing but a simping thing, baby. Oh, that's um, what would, what would um, Cincinnati Sports OnlyFans account be like? Oh, my God. Oh, just an absolute graveyard. <laughs> I, I, you don't even want to know what popped in my head. I, my dreams are going to be fucked up all week. I hope you're happy with yourself. But Andy, just so I will let the listeners know at home, you made the take. You were going to bet your entire reputation on the Bengals beating the Browns on Sunday night on Thursday night football. And as you know, the Bengals have a sterling primetime football record. I mean, they just – and by sterling, I mean it's a new the opposite. Day. Dude, I don't want to know what the stat is. They're probably one in – 12 over the last decade on primetime um and in typical Bengal fashion but normally bro it's a shitting contest when the Bengals play the browns it's just you know who's gonna shit the bed harder and normally the browns shit the bed harder because their literal colors are shit but this is there's loaded in talent um the Bengals are on the come up and i think that you know, blah, blah, blah. But let, but this time the Bengals outshit the Browns. Um, and luckily we're talking about this because John Fanta wouldn't. John Fanta doesn't talk about shit. He doesn't shit. talk about poop. So we're, we're like, we, we do. And I know that just this whole two minutes, Odell Beckham's probably just creaming his pants. <laughs> but, why, but why don't you defend your take on why you took the Bengals uh, and you bet your entire reputation on it? All right. So um, to be clear, I bet my entire reputation I don't care about. Um, <laughs> That's also very true. It's not uh, like our it's not like our reputations have any weight at all, right? Like I I have no clout. I have right. no respect for myself. Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. But That's fantastic. The reason I took the Bengals was um, in week one. I mean, I know they were playing against a Chargers team that I mean they had Tyrod Taylor as their their leader, who's not an electrifying quarterback. Um, but that defense looked incredible. Like the secondary looked phenomenal. 
I was expecting that same type of thing, and I did not get it. The defense. The Bengals defense looks good. Lost. I, I honestly, bro, I think if it had been Justin Herbert, they might have carved this up. Justin Herbert looks oh, fucking yeah. good. Justin Justin Herbert would have torched us. They probably would have so put forty on us. I'm yeah. not saying Tyrod's bad, but I think I think Herbert is going to be a good football player. Tyrod's a safe quarterback. Oh, 100 percent. Herbert's He's, an electric quarterback. Tyrod Taylor's an adequate starter. Like yeah. he, you can have him as your starter and not be a complete joke. Which, like, I, I, we talked about this last week. If Tyrod Taylor is your backup, then you are fucking swimming. Mm-hmm. Like, if he's your starter, you're in the bottom 5%, bottom 10%. If he's your starter, if you have great talent around him, he can do it. But you need a great defense. Yeah, but he, like Andy Dalton. Great defense, great O-line. I'd say he's bottom 10% of starters. But, but yeah, man, but that take, dude, I, when you made it, I was like, man, you're willing to bet the house on the Bengals during prime time with a rookie quarterback? Oof. But that, that's, not a, that's not a real rookie, though. No, like, he's not a real rookie. Joe, Joe Burrow, like, he, he – I'm going to say, like, Joe Burrow outperformed Baker in the sense that he needed to. If Can Baker I put you was on the in spot. the same position – Can I back you into a corner? No, yeah. uh, no um, anything intended there. Um, would you rather have right now, if for one season, Joe Burrow or Andy Dalton? Man, you're, you're tearing at my heart right here. I think it's kind of close. For right now, for one season, one season with, with this team is it, is it with this team? Sure, Joe Burrow. Wow, who there do you think is so the better who Who do you think is the better quarterback right now? Right now, I yeah, would say right now. right now, Andy Dalton. He's, he's a lot more spirit, okay. a lot more um, composed. If you, if you give him a pocket, then he will carve it up. But this team right now does not have a pocket. Like no. that pocket collapses in. Like, okay, I hear- or I finish having sex. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. That's quick. Um, I hear what you're saying. So there, there, are, there are plays that Joe Burrow makes with his feet that Andy Dalton does not make, where Andy Dalton takes mm-hmm. a sack or has to throw it away immediately. And that's not even Andy Dalton's fault. It's just not the way he's built. Um, with a good pocket, though, you're taking uh, Andy Dalton. Yes, yes. With the, with the, Cow, like, the Cowboys' Andy Dalton, I'd take him over okay. um, Bengals' Joe, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Okay. But okay. Bengals with um, Andy Dalton on this team, that, that would not work. It, it, that was a fucking train wreck. That was actually a really good answer. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually a really good answer. Reasoning. Yeah, I know. I did, I did not see that coming. That is not roll. This is the Roblox podcast. <laughs> I, I, I need you to chill out with the reasoning and the logic here. We, that's not what we do. Oh, agendas. <laughs> yeah, agendas. Thank you. Um, and, and, and as we've said, Andy – not. I'm sorry, not Andy. I mixed you up with uh, red hair. Um, Joe Burrow – We've we've said has it. He's yes, got he's all got of it. He's he's absolutely swimming in it. He is drowning in it. He owns. He has a pool in his backyard of it. He's just he bathes in a big vat of it at night. Um, and I don't think that Baker has it on the football field. I think he does on and I will on, say, on on camera. Baker did phenomenal last Thursday. I mean, like, against the Bengals defense, though, like with no with no linebackers. Like we, he had no pass rush to deal with, and, um, uh, and he has Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper. His team is fucking Nick Chubb, dude. Their their team is fucking loaded. So Baker um, did everything that he, that he needed to do. Um, Baker was good enough. Decisions. Baker he, was good enough. I don't he think made he made very great. accurate throws. I think like, Burrow played better than Baker. And I'm actually, I was actually going to make that point. He did play b- better than Baker. He needed to. Um, so if Burrow doesn't outperform Baker right there then we get fucking blown out. But Burrow had to make dude. plays with his feet. He extended plays. He made great, smart throws. 
and very accurate throws. And he threw the ball 61 times. Like, mm-hmm. um, he put he, – Burrow put the team on his back. I mean, we ended up uh, falling short, but you got to you gotta chalk that up to um, uh, the fucking speed bump of an that's offensive the, line we have. That's the thing I feel bad about, man. Like, he's literally being put in harm's way. Like, it's low-key irresponsible. Like, we might it get is. this man fucking killed. Like, it is fucking – Bobby Hart, bro, should be, like – he should be charged with murder. I I'm mean, actually it, gonna. Um, it's bad. There are there are many different things that I would rather have at right tackle than Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart <laughs> is fucking lazy. He gives up on plays. He does not give a fuck out there. If he fucks up, he does not care. He'd rather point fingers and like he is the kind of um, completely give up on a play and then his man will sack the quarterback and he'd be like, "Why'd you get sacked, man?" Would like, you rather have Bobby Hart or just a cactus planted into the ground? All right, so I actually have a list. Oh, I figured here, you did. This was this would sound like you were going. Good man. Here is the top five things I'd rather have at right tackle than Bobby Hart. Number it's one, coming. Kiki Tandy. <laughs> Take the legs out. He's a dude. Kiki Tandy has a low center of gravity. Yeah, yeah, like the low man wins. <laughs> hey, absolutely. And he actually, and he actually has heart, and will actually fucking try. He'll actually be awake, yeah. Number two, I'd rather have a polar bear. Oh, easily. Oh, no number question three, about that. I mean, number three, a sack of shit. Oh, that's kind of the same thing, so it's kind of replacing. But um, <laughs> At Odell Beck. An actual inanimate sack of shit. At John Fanta. Number four, McCronin. Wow. I'd rather have Mick. At least he has fire. I think I would too, honestly. Number five, the tissue I jerked off in after Joey Votto hit his home run on Wednesday. Wow. Jeez. All those would be better right tackle than Bobby Hart. That was that, that, if, if, if it wasn't midnight, if it wasn't one in the morning and there were people sleeping in my house, I would applaud. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was – and those were all very true. I mean, it's bad, dude. It's horrible. And it stinks because – I low-key at this point, I've been so scarred by all this bullshit that it low-key, I'm gonna, I hate saying it, but it's just true. I low-key get pleasure from the people that stand the fuck out of the Bengals, still haven't learned their lesson, and watching the Bengals lose and watching the Bengals Bengals things. It low-key brings me joy. I hate to say it because I've jumped off the bandwagon, and I know what it is at this point because I'm hashtag woke. But I, but I love Joe Burrow, dude. I want to see – and Joe Burrow deserved to win. He does. That's the problem. He's a winner. Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow deserved to win that game. He did more than a rookie quarterback should have to do, deserved to win that game. Um, and also, too, I mean, I know that everyone has their take, but I think that uh, A.J. Green call could have easily gone either way. Oh, yeah, and then, the, um, the, the uh, push-off. Yeah, yeah. The, the push-off call. Like, um, the reason so that I'm mad about that is because, yeah, he did extend his arms, and that is pretty automatic. But so did Mike Williams, and he gained forty yards on that play. I mean, so, those kind of those kind of things happen all the time. I mean, yes, the ref just happened to be standing right too, there. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also the the kick. I mean, just the most Bengal thing of all time. And then the um, fucking oh, so 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 Joe Burrow could. And then the bank, the Browns game was, you know, I mean, the Bengals. I mean, we're competitive. It's not like they got their asses kicked. The, the offense did fine, and Joe Burrow led that offense, and, and he, he did an, a phenomenal job. I'm no, I have no gripes about the offense other than the right side of the line. Like, the left side yeah. did great. Jonah Williams saved the game with a 
Like, he literally made a diving block to free up Joe Burrow to um, ex- escape the pocket and make a running throw for a first down. Like, mm-hmm. Jonah Williams, like, I am so comfortable with him covering the blind side. He's going to be the left tackle for a long time. Michael How comfortable Jordan, are you with him? Are you comfortable enough with him to spoon with him? How comfortable does he make you? Spoons. Okay, he makes you comfortable? He'd be on your big spoon yeah, rankings? Absolutely. I mean, he's an SEC guy, but, you know, like, he, he's with me now. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. I figured. Didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just thinking. Yeah, so, the, the left side of the line, uh, Michael Jordan's, um, he's really stepped up this year. <laughs> Michael uh, Jordan. A huge, huge <laughs> jump from last year. Um, oh, Air Jordan. Also, I mean, he's been one of the best centers in the in the National Football League the past. Do you think do you think, do you think they call him? Do you think they call him Air Jordan, or do you think they call um, him Ground maybe Jordan? Maybe huffing Air Jordan. Okay, um, all right. Ground Jordan. So gasping for Air Jordan. Okay, okay, fair enough. He's that that would that would be a shitty life, Andy, because everywhere you go, people are disappointed. Right. You ever seen that that old commercial with Michael Jordan? It's just like he's like an accountant. He's like a five eight fat white guy, and like he'll have a reservation. Like we have a reservation for Michael Jordan, and he walks in, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> like everywhere you go, <laughs> everywhere you go, people are disappointed." And like, what's extra funny about that is that's such a generic name. That's I know it really a million is. Million Michael Jordans out there. There's a there's a B Jordan, Michael B Jordan, who honestly legend. He's like, incredible. I actually he's, watched he's the Black Panther um the other day and. He doesn't. That's miss. one of my favorite performances he's ever done. Michael B. Jordan does not miss, dude. He he was he's the best. I know we go on a bunch of tangents here. I think he's the best Marvel villain so far. For the Marvel he did movies. an absolutely incredible job. And like, I think of him yeah. as I think of Michael B. Jordan as a good guy. Like um, oh I know yeah it was weird. He was in two K. Played a phenomenal job in two K. <laughs> Orange the, uh, juice. Fresh squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. That was that was so corny, but that was great. It, it was. That was great. No, but he, dude, he's he he did great in uh, the Creed movies. Yeah, he's he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic. Um, but let's get back on the rails a little bit here before this pod is seven hours long. Right. Um, <laughs> sorry, six hours and nine minutes long. Um, so football, I think we pretty much got it covered. Joe Burrow deserves to win, but the, but he plays for the Bengals. I, we'll I just see, see it we'll as see like a, we'll see if we can get his first win against the Eagles, who are also a trash team. I think the Eagles are going to win that game, but we'll see. Um, I, how about right now? So the Bengals are 0-2, over under three and a half wins. What are you taking? Over under three and a half wins. I will honestly say um, over because four has been okay. the entire time. Okay. I think I'm going to take the under because I think that the Chargers was one that they could have – that. That they, they should have won. won that. They they definitely yeah. um, let that one slip. They allow um, that one to get away. But we have we have um, a guy that can come from behind in games. So yeah, I think we, we might go out and steal one. So there's a it, it can, fuck it can, ton of talent, dude. It's just an unbalanced roster. For how much talent is on that roster, there's skill positions at least. I mean, holy fuck! Wow, he, like, he's not without he's not without weapons. He just needs time to get it to the weapons. Right, and that's the it, it all. We just lose the game up front, and that's where the game yeah. starts. It begins right. and ends up front, and we we just get dominated at that point. Especially without Geno Adkins and Mike Daniels, like the defensive line can't get it. We can't get any pressure on the guys. Right, so, but uh, like, that's a huge miss right there, and that, they just ran all over us. They ran for like two hundred fifty fucking yards. And, and then, do you want to just discuss how boring of a game the fucking Dolphins Jaguars game was? Um, because it really was, was essentially. Awful. I just wiped my glasses 
on I turned I turned the game on, wet my glasses, and I just saw Browns Bengals all over again. I was like, oh okay, it's just a, a Browns Bengals game. This is what everybody Why? expected the Browns and Bengals to be. Can we normalize at least decent Thursday night football games? Why do they have to be complete garbage? I don't understand. Because honestly, I'd rather have a garbage one o'clock game than a garbage primetime game. Right. Because a, it's the only thing fucking on. Game that I don't have yeah. to watch. Yeah, there's seven games on. Like, if one of them sucks, that's fine. I'm watching the Red Zone channel anyway. You know, who gives a fuck? You know, make fucking gives me, give me, de- give me something decent, bro. Fucking a. But at the same time, I thought it was going to be decent just because it was going to be funny. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> it wasn't it was just, it, funny. It was just boring. I will say, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick puts on a show. I love watching Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, he, he is must watch television. He's yeah. must watch television. But Gardner Minshew looked awful. Yeah, I, he, I, he was bad. having. I mean, he was he running was for his life as as usual, and he plays on a bad, bad team. So oh, I'm not going to say he doesn't belong. Like he, I'm not saying he doesn't have it because he does have the mental game. What is it? His second season too? Yeah. Um, but he, he oh, looked bad tonight. Yeah, it was it was not good, dude. Not a good show for for the unit. Um, but my favorite thing tonight, my favorite takeaway was just watching Fitzpatrick's beard eat his face mask. <laughs> It was it was like watching Kobayashi go to fucking town, dude. It was just gobbling that face mask all night. I was worried for his safety. I was like, does he have a face mask? Is he using a 1940s punter's face mask? I need to know these things, you know? Like, these are the things I think about, Andy. Like, that I was, thing can't I was, be legal. I was worried. I mean, they talk about player safety. Hey, Roger, check this shit out. I mean, I need to know that he – and why, he doesn't even need a mask with that kind of beard, you know? He doesn't even. Oh no! no he have is to, perfectly COVID, COVID safe from it. Like he's not passing along COVID with that thing. No, no, he's he's good to go. He's essentially wearing a mascot suit. <laughs> um, he, he's he's good to go. He is safer than Andy <laughs> Reid is with his face shield. <laughs> he's, no question. But it's going to be another great slate of football this Sunday, and I just take nothing for granted, especially with the modern, you know, just the modern landscape. I mean, any week that we get a football Sunday, it's football. If football Sunday to me. One single football Sunday is close to as good as Christmas. I mean, it's just the fucking best. Every Sunday that you have a full slate of games is, is a holiday. It's awesome. So, and especially, especially the year this, we had, like we're blessed. I know. I take nothing for granted, man. Especially, you know, three months ago, if you had asked me, I would have said 5% chance that we get football. And oh, I know. I mean, I mean, you know where I stood on everything. And I think it legitimately looked that way back then. And, um, it is what it is, but uh, I just don't take it for granted. So I hope everyone at home enjoys it. It's just a fucking blast. And, yeah. and we, we got Sunday ticket. Just turn on the Red Zone channel. It's Buffalo Chicken Dip, Red Zone channel, Skyline Chili. You, you can't beat it, man. Uh, there's nothing like a Sunday. I mean, um, this past Sunday I did decide to golf because the Bengals weren't on. So um, With Patrick that's, that's really the, um, uh If the Bengals don't play, that's really what gets me in the football mood is knowing that I'm going to um, watch the Bengals play. So did you have the most magic? Did you have the most magical hole of your life? Most magical hole of my entire <laughs> life. Not the man. Brag. I, when I got Dude, inside that hole, it was like I was on, I, I was on clouds. Fuck up. He's fixing a divot. Um, <laughs> can, can I, dude? What the fuck were you thinking going golfing on a football Sunday? It was a beautiful day. You um, can go any day of the fucking week. I can't though. I work. I have a full time job. What about Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. Um, there's this team called Notre Dame. They play. Hold, hold, up, hold, up, hold, up, hold up, hold up. Notre Dame football takes precedence over the NFL? Oh, God, yeah. Dude, oh, there's nothing better than college football. I'm a big college sports guy. Andy, so college you football over the NFL. Schmuck. I feel so bad for you and your priorities. 
Andy, we need to talk, dude. You prioritize the Reds, Bengals, and Notre Dame football. Your whole life is going to be cursed, Andy. Hey, I, I've been a I've been a diehard Notre Dame fan my entire life. Um, I respect it. Long, I've actually been a Notre Dame fan as long longer than I've been a Xavier basketball fan. I'm just a bigger Xavier basketball fan. Oh my god, big Catholic guy. A big big Catholic guy. I went to Catholic school my entire life. Oh my god! So I am watching. Uh, Sports Center with SVP, one of the best programs in television. And I think this is probably a good time to transfer over to the NBA here real quick. Um, and Andy, we really should be wrapping this up at some point, but we always say this, but we're not going to. Yeah, it's um, not going to happen. Like, we're so, gonna... the, the, so the Lakers beat Denver, and Andy, we both know that Denver has the Lakers right where they want them, at down 3-1. This has been their plan their, their entire the entire time. They just got to make it look no. like they're trying and not throwing the games to get the 3-1. Get the exactly. But they, their plan is going to work out perfectly. Exactly. Right. Listeners at home, they've come, but they've had every series to make the Western Conference Finals. They've been down 3-1 and come back and won. So this was clearly part of the plan, and, and I think they've done a fantastic job of executing that game plan, Andy. And uh, if, I was the, if I was LeBron James, I'm shaking in my boots right now. I'm freaked, especially with Anthony Davis going down. Uh, like, uh, we don't know his status. I mean, he definitely looked like he was limping right after it happened. So we'll see how um, he feels tomorrow morning. Because mm-hmm. um, ankle injuries that, that that can swell up, he needs to take care of that thing tonight. Yeah, um, you went legit. You went legit uh, serious on me. Um, I was joking, but uh, <laughs> so I need a Murray. You got to break out the black shades again, bro. <laughs> you got to break out the black shades, man. When you're down thirty-one, you got to see. I'm watching the interview right now, and he's not wearing black shades. So oh, I'm okay. He, see, I didn't know that. I did not. See, he's not. He's not. He's, 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 he's not even wearing shades. So uh, their their odds just went from ninety-nine percent to like fifty. <laughs> something's got to give and um especially with um you know who went off today who's that contavious caldwell pope i'm telling you man you've been sleep bro how much did no, he have i'm uh, he ended up having like 15 but he had three threes but i'm let me tell you my god one of them was clutch as fuck man one of them was my like, guy and he he pulled up and i was it was i was like dude what the fuck are you shooting that for <laughs> to break off the backboard but it, dude i'm telling you he hasn't okay. been terrible and the take that he doesn't even belong on an nba team is just flat out ridiculous i just saw him actually draining a three by the way um <laughs> your boy oh uh, he belongs on a team i mean come on uh i, I will hear say your take um, they, that he's uh, not chris a great Weber, nba player chris Weber said that he's there um he's gonna be their third option scoring and i just oh. fucking died that's that's a terrible take that's that's, that's awful like if, if contagious caldwell pope is your third option you are in trouble yeah he that's is not efficient not yet and and what a reliable. drop off from lebron anthony davis and contagious <laughs> caldwell, caldwell pope, pope who i'm i'm saying though bro there were a couple years where kcp was really good and in, in detroit. detroit he's good on a he's good on a bad team like high teens like low 20s like he was he was good he was a good player <laughs> I would say like an 82 in 2K. Yeah. And, and then he's really dropped. Yeah, but he still belongs on a fucking roster. I, st- I still starting, don't believe that. I still don't believe that. He doesn't belong on a fucking roster. He's starting on the best team in the NBA, Andy. Yeah, that's he shouldn't be. Andy. <laughs> like, um... God damn it. You think you're Aaron, smarter. You know, you think you're smarter. What? You think you're smarter than the NBA. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Goodness gracious, the KCP slander. You're going to die on this hill, aren't you? I absolutely will. I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep pushing my agenda. 
that of course <laughs> of course i mean i respect that take that i mean i'm all about agendas like, oh tim you, you legler think that, you, he is so easily replaceable tim legler is swagged out right now he has a pumpkin in the backdrop with washington football team logo on it someone is doing fall right like they, they've taken that Washington football team and just run with it. Dude, I hated the Redskins. Like I said, I love the, the football team. The Redskins are one of my three least favorite football teams. I hate them. football teams. The football team might be my favorite football team. <laughs> Insert football team, football team, football team. We are football team stands. Big football team. Yeah. Pro football team podcast. I am just here for professional announcers. And people with credentials saying football team as many times as I can fucking hear it. It's the just Washington fucking football team. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I saw their end zone the other day and just cracked the fuck <laughs> up. It just says like Washington football team established like in 1948. That's all it says. Just like this is what the fuck is happening? I really wish they oh. put established in 2020. I know. But just a little bit of serious NBA talk. God, dude, the Nuggets have had so many chances to make this. The Nuggets could be up 3-1 right now. Um, the, the big thing that happened today was the rebounding. Um, yeah, that's what I've heard. The Lakers were plus 21 on second-chance points. Yeah. 25-4. to four. That's not going to get it done. Jesus. That's horrible. I only had it on in the corner of my eye. I heard on, uh, on halftime the TNT show with Ernie. I heard Ernie say, like, they shot, like, 59 or 60% in the first half, the Nuggets, and they were down five. I'm like, you shot 59% from the field and you're losing? Like, you How the be. fuck like, that's does that happen? That's a villain. That's like- God. Oh, no. Now I'm watching the fucking Suns up 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals and losing to Kobe. God damn it. Oh, I wanted the Suns to just do it one time so bad. Oh, those teams are so fun. God, those teams are so much fun. Best team in the bubble, though. 8-0. That they they owned that bubble, and if they had made the playoff, they would have cut the nets down. Oh, oh, okay. You're you're calling that the big what if? The big what if, just like the Xavier TBT team will do. <laughs> I will bet that's fact, though. Now that's some. I'll There's bet credentials my reputation that. on. I will bet my reputation on that, just like you and the Bengals. Um, and now we're watching Fitz. Now they got Fitz Magic doing his thing. Um, but Andy, do you want to uh, cut some Reds hype before we get into Jackass Hour? Oh man, I am. I'm living Cincinnati Reds baseball right now. All right, people at home, just so you know, I'm just going to sneak off here real quick and go grab a drink while Andy does his thing because this is just uh, not where I belong. Andy, go ape shit. I'm the baseball guy. So, this is true. Man, the Cincinnati Reds, they started off so slow. I mean, we lost the opening series to the fucking Detroit Tigers. And we started, like, people started hitting the panic button immediately. And it really didn't show signs of really getting better. David Bell was still making stupid-ass decisions. We're still losing games we really should be winning. The offense has still been atrocious. Um, we're such a home runner bus team that it's, it, it's kind of nerve-wracking. But what makes me comfortable is we're making solid contact. Our, our approaches have been better. And our pitching staff is absolutely lights out. Like, we were talking me, to Fanta about – Real the, quick, real quick. Had me at solid contact. Oh, I literally wasn't. I wasn't listening until I heard solid contact. Now and then, let's go. Selective hearing, yeah, dude. Going off that, we are putting the wood solidly on that ball. Love me some good wood. Go off, King. Uh, so what's getting me hyped is our pitching staff. Trevor Bauer, best pitcher in the National League. He is um, leading Bauer in array, leading in WHIP. Um, he he was allowing less than eight tenths of a base runner per inning. Like 
he's been lights yeah. out. His spin rate is – it's through the roof. Like, it, he's setting records of spin rate, as is Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray's coming off that injury, but he came back, and he was lights out for those six innings. Okay, so, real quick. Sonny Gray is spin rate. Spin rate is a real fucking thing. Real stat. Real what stat. What the fuck does that even fucking mean? How how um quickly how quick the ball the, um the ball spins out of your hand. Oh my fuck! How fast the ball spins, and it it matters with um how much velocity you get on your fastball and how much your breaking ball breaks. So God damn, it's a, dude! It's a massive stat. Can I just say real quick? They're showing Fitz Magic in the post game interview, and that dude is just a marvel of a human being. God damn, dude! He is human art. That man. I'm he's wearing like a, he's wearing he's wearing a shirt with neon pineapples. He just oh my rock and rock and rocking the beard, bro. God, the thing about Fitz is he knows he's bad, but he's he gonna get he every single bit of glory he can, every bit of the spotlight he can. He's gonna get. I talked to him one time at a Bengals training camp. At least that Bengals training camp down in Georgetown when he was uh-huh. a backup for the Bengals. I got his autograph one time, and he was cool as shit. Like he's so easy to root for. He's awesome. Sorry, you can keep going off. That's how you hear what the fuck's ring was. <laughs> so, as of today, um, the Reds have a 91 chance of making the playoffs. Um, so, with, even with the expanded playoffs, like, we just got to get in. Once we get in, it's 0-0. The hottest team, the hottest team gets it. So, we're so getting t- hot so at the right time. So, you're uh, telling me there's a chance. There's a major t- chance. So, you're um, telling me there's a chance. Absolutely. Like, I think, I think we're as good as in. We really have to fuck up against the Twins in this three-game series this weekend to not make it. But we got um, Bauer, Castillo, and Gray going. So we're going to win two of those games. We need to win at least one, and I think that's an absolute lock. Um, Shit. So we're going to make the playoffs. Personally, I'd rather get the seventh seed to the sixth seed um, to – so we can play the Cubs or the Braves. I think that's a, a good matchup. We've already faced the Cubs um, 20 times this year, it seems like. Um, mm. And we've already roughed up one of their pitchers, and their, their stud is going to go up against Bauer, and I'm very confident in that, in that pitching matchup. And their third yeah. guy, he's just washed. John Lester is just absolutely washed right now. John um, Lester's still in the fucking league? Holy yeah, shit. Is. <laughs> Believe it God or not. God damn. He's been uh, in since I was a fucking kid. Good God. Which he's, Dude, he's, he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, he's oh, very, sure. very talented. But he's got to be washed as fuck by now. Not, he's not. He's not. He hasn't he had. Might be in his, he might be in like his late thirties, forties, probably. Right. Oh, oh, definitely. He's about as old as Otto. I, um, I wouldn't thought. That's yeah, so, um, I'd rather I'd rather face the Braves and their atrocious pitching staff, or the Cubs, who we've seen a thousand times. So that would put us in a good position. I think we got to win. A, a shots, shots. That's uh, that's those are fighting words of Jonas Hayes, my man. Oh, dude, I'm always fight. I'm ready to fight. Jonas, like Jonas, <laughs> I will, I will, I'll watch that game with you. I'll watch that series with you, and we will, we will banter back and forth after I tell you you're a godsend and I love you. <laughs> after I wish your whole family happy birthday. Yes, like honestly, I'll, I will sing to every single one of them. Without question. So, Andy, are you good on baseball? Have you got your baseball fixing? I, I I got one more thing. Hit me. The Cincinnati Reds will end the Cincinnati cursed playoff drought. We're getting our first um, series win. That's what we want. And I'm putting my reputation. I don't give a fuck about on it. Um, oh, so so it's not gonna happen. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you got me. Um, if it does not happen, I think we gotta get rid of David Bell. Yeah, 
he has held us back. Yeah, has to happen. And, and that's what we wanted. We wanted. To, we wanted to take. You made the take. I'm proud of you. Before we get to Jackass Hour, I need to. There was. There's been a murder. There's been a murder, and I need to announce the murder. You know who got in, murdered? In Savannah. In Savannah. You see football. <laughs> they were just showing on the on the fucking uh, on Sports Center how the Big Twelve or the the Big Ten and the Pac Twelve are coming back, and uh, it showed power conferences like and when they're starting or whatever. Didn't mention the AAC, by the way. Love of, to see of it. Of course, I mean they, we're talking about power right. conferences. But but now that, but now that we have actual football teams coming back, rest in peace to the uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats football team. The Cincinnati football team. The Cincinnati football team. Rest in peace. <laughs> rest in power, Kings. And, so um, funny. Talk about how the fact that, you know, um, everybody wanted the Big Ten back and the Pac-12, just no one gave, gave a fuck about. So, yeah, I know. congratulations. Yeah, the Pac-12 officially came back and nothing changed. No one's emotions changed. We, we for already USC. got what we wanted. We got the Big Ten back. Except for USC, Andy. We love USC. We stand. I'm I'm taking applications for a new co-host. I might murder my new one, my current one. We stand. How bad is like okay? So let's compare USC and UC. How similar are they in your mind? All right. So um, they're both has been programs, and mm. they both are showing zero signs of getting back to prominence. Um, they uh, they both now hate. Mick Cronin, because they're they're now they're now rivals. Very true. Um, so there's that um, there's that similarity. Well, um, yeah, that's I, that my question. As far as my personal hatred to them, it is um, UC, and then about sixty miles, and okay. then USC. Okay. I will sit there and troll UC for twenty four seven. I really only trolled USC one week of the year because we've kind of. We've kind of owned them the past couple, two, three years. Um, mm. But for a while there, they were – we could not beat them. Yeah. So, I've, I've, we we were kind of little brother for a while, so I know how it's – They've fallen off a lot. UC, and they've USC's had a more recent, off. Yeah. Well, UC's USC, USC and Texas, man, have fallen off about as much as any. Neither are back. Ne- they're not but hashtag back. At the very least, USC has done something in the last 15 years. <laughs> That's also true. Which Texas um, has too, but Texas is there. Dude, every year we hear how they're back, and they're just not. They're never. They got to show it. I miss Cole McCoy. <laughs> um, it's it's rough, but yeah, bro. So I thought one of the funniest things I've seen in the last couple of weeks is that uh, so on college football, uh, college football game day, they make their predictions of who's gonna make the playoff or whatever. They did it before the season. Desmond Howard had UC in his prediction, which is fucking dumb, That's, first of all. Oh, my God. And I but had UC as my dark horse just because, I mean, they are a talented team. And they have a yeah. Fine. Uh, so, it's, it's very hard to get anything going against them. But it showed the updated one. And it took them the fuck off once the, once the real football teams came back. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you have Ohio <laughs> State come back. Once like, the Ohio State football team came back and the Michigan football team and the other football teams. Once the other football teams came back, they took off the UC football team. <laughs> had, to, like, had to be done. And buried them. And buried honestly, that football team. I think, I think it might have been funny because, I mean, uh, as a Notre Dame fan, the, t- the time we made the playoff, we ended up facing the, t- the best team in the con- country by far and lost by 27. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we got, they wiped the floor with us. 
I honestly would love to see, and UC fans give me shit about it. And I just fucking laugh it off because it's hysterical how they think that they have a legitimate football team when they have come, come nowhere close to the playoff. So I kind of want them to make the playoff and then just get absolutely shit on and lose by 60 yes. to Clemson. So they can I mean, they actually, the have a, they actually have a legit game this weekend. They play Army, don't they? Oh, wow, they, they, they do. They, they, they got a tune-up game for their big rivalry game with Army. Well, <laughs> Army's number 22. That's honestly wild. Dude, Army they've been, been good so bad. I was – so, I, you know, I was in the Navy, and they, they treat that Army-Navy game like it's fucking everything, oh, God, even, yeah. though, even though they're Navy both won, pretty – like, 14 games in a row. The Navy was killing them. Yeah, 13 or 14 in a row. And the Navy's been, like, in and out of the top 25 the last the Navy few has years. had some damn good teams. Like, no, this year they Ian Reynolds, suck. He was, he was, he was he incredible. Was good. You know, this year they're fucking horrible. They're a joke. The Mormons, the Mormons gave them the fucking business. Well, that's what happens when you let someone – they let me walk, you know. The and Navy let me leave, and now they're terrible. The Ca- Captain Xavier just – like, he's yeah. like John Fanta. Like, Captain wherever Navy, he goes, yeah. they win. I know. If you ask, shouldn't have let me walk. That's on them. So, um, but what that means is good for Xavier, though, because now I'm all the way invested here. So we're about to go to the Final Four. Um, Absolutely. So, now, so it's coming. Um, so coming. good stuff, man. Rest in peace. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, rest in peace to uh, to UC football, and I bet you enjoyed your uh, your week or two of uh, of relevance, and and now it's over forever. So enjoy your life. Um, does anybody know? Like, I need to um, up my internet so I can actually watch that game this week. I got you, bro. <laughs> I got right, you. On TV this week, or are they? I'll, fa- I'll Facetime it to you. Are they on Facebook? Um, I th- I think it's either on Facebook or MySpace Live. I'll have to get back to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They might yeah. just want to put on like uh, maybe next week they'll get to YouTube. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Andy, ready to crack him some cold ones and, and get to get to the jackass? All right, Grandma. Go to bed. Yeah, go to bed. It's time to jack that ass, Granny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh Andy, you want to tell the people what we got on the slate for tonight? All right. So, this idea was given to us by the one DJ Derry. Um, Legend. So, DJ, thank you for um, inspiring the Roll Blob podcast, the fucking Roll Blob podcast. Um, we have our cumulative top 10 villains. So typically we do, uh, we each have our own list, but today and likely moving forward, um, we're going to do cumulative lists. Like we're just going to rank them that, um, that way we don't have the same people. Yeah. And it's a group, it's a group top 10. That way it's quicker and yada, yada, yada. Right. Um, because our, and like I owe you guys a little bit of an apology. Our podcast has been hella fucking long. Good fucking and marathon. You guys are stuck through God. Because me and Andy are just fucking chatty Cathy's. And the thing <laughs> is, like, we fucking get on here, and it's like, Andy, sometimes I forget we're even fucking recording. And, like, I'm trying to be cognizant of everything, but you and I just have, like, natural, you know, bullshit chemistry. And uh, and we can just talk about sports for fucking ever. Like, oh, God, I, literally, yeah. I legitimately love doing this shit. So um, there's times we just get on here, and we get off, and we're like, God, we're fucking recording for two and a half hours. Right. I mean, it's um, one, it's one twenty three in the morning right now. I know. I just saw the Zoom time was one thirty-eight. So, yeah, let's fucking get let's get it popping. But um, but yeah. So just know that we're cognizant of that. We're trying to make them an hour and a half, somewhere between hour fifteen, hour and a half. Um, but I think some people will appreciate the content. Some people won't, and you can't make everybody happy. Um, but we're we're gonna be who we are, and and that's that. It is what it is. Right. But just know we're just know we're not trying to have three hour podcasts. That's, 
you know, like on one hand, like, you know what you're getting into. Um, on the other hand, I mean, we need, yeah. we need to remember that we're actually recording and people are going to be listening to this shit. And I think it'll be better. I mean, obviously we're still growing and I think it'll get better as we, you know, do two podcasts a week because then we'll just be able to get, you know, compartmentalize things instead of just talking about everything in once and just, you know, verbally vomiting for two hours. Um, it'll be, it'll be a lot better when we can organize. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. But, um, but yeah, just know that we're, we're sorry and we're, and you're welcome at the same time. Um, and also we love you and buy the fucking uh, sweatpants king. Uh, moving on. <laughs> you're out here. Uh, so we've got a, I think a fire ass top 10 for you. Andy, do you want to jump into the honorable mentions first? All right. Yes. So, um, we're going with the, um, with the villains, the guys that you just love to fucking hate. And a lot of them, they thrive on it. A lot of them, they crumble on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so my honorable mention, I have Jim Beheim. Um, not necessarily because I personally hate him, but I have never thought of him the same way after he covered up that entire Bernie Fine. Um, yeah. That was just fucking disgusting. And we're just pandering to UConn. Yes. Yeah, yes. We got, we got, um, um, which is half our listener base. So fuck you, Jim Beheim. But not <laughs> fuck you, UConn. Because it seems like you like that in your program. Fuck you, Beheim. <laughs> <laughs> it's 130 where I can't speak. But damn it. <laughs> Imagine not screaming. <laughs> Um, dude, and I just love watching him get pissed off. Like, do you remember the Duke game where they kind of got screwed and he just comes out fucking waving and pointing his finger at the ref like, this is bullshit. That's bullshit. This is bullshit. And you can just see him like just going apeshit and he's just slamming his, like slamming his feet. And he got kicked out of the game and they lost because of that. Like, of ugly dude, so I really wouldn't like take him seriously if he was yelling at me like that. Like, okay, no. bro. Bullshit. That's bullshit. This is bullshit. Yeah, dude, he's he's hilarious. That's one of that's one of my favorite uh, college basketball gifts of all time. That's absolutely fantastic. And just so you know, people, this is college basketball. We we kept this to college basketball coaches and players. Um, but I think that's a fantastic one. He's a huge villain for sure. So my honorable mention slash kind of a sleeper is more of a sleeper than honorable mention. I got Jay right here, and I know people are gonna be pissed off like, oh, he's he's so classy, blah blah blah. No, the fuck he's not. First of all. Kicking teams ass by 30 and then telling them how great they are is worse than just saying, you know, we had a good day. Yeah, it's, kicking, it's a kick in the balls. And I'm just going to say keep an eye out for a Jay Wright Illuminati. I'm just going to say, hey, maybe there's a chance here, you know. Because I think in 20 years, yeah, right now in 2020, you see how things age. Look at Chevy Chase. You know, Chevy Chase was a universal good guy in the 80s. Now everyone fucking hates him, you know. Jay Wright, universal good guy in 2020. We'll see what happens in 2050, though, my dude, okay? I think he low-key might be in Illuminati. Check out the suits. He's in the mob, okay? And, uh, yeah, we'll just see what happens on that one. We'll Honestly, just see I what happens. Get that, I think we can get that agenda pushed. Like, we can probably get that rolling. I, I think so, too. I, I'm willing to say that he, he might be Illuminati. You want to put that – you want to make that public? I, I will put my reputation on that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, it, we can start pushing that on Twitter. I'm, I'm working on the conspiracy video right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just on, on all of our listeners, Jay Wright's in the Illuminati. Let's get yeah. it going. Jay Wright Illuminati, it's coming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you want to take the first the number ten on the list, my guy? All right, number ten on our list, we got Adam Morrison. Man, oh, yeah. did I love to hate this dude? Um, <sighs> I mean, he has that stupid lettuce in that in that ugly ass trash ass that I swear like he came out of the trailer parks of Dayton, Kentucky. 
He's one of the ugliest college. If, we, if this was ugliest college basketball player number of, one. of all time, he'd be number one. He'd be number two. Kyle Singer would be number one. Kyle Singer's um, pretty fucking ugly, yeah. He looks like a fucking zombie, but that's yeah. that's beside the point. And right. he's also fucking weird. Like, he had, like, Morrison? some uh, apocalypse dungeon in his, uh, like, uh, apocalypse bunker in his basement. This is Morrison? Stayed there during quarantine. Yeah, Adam Morrison. How the fuck do you know that? Fucking weird. Pardon my take. Is- Oh, okay, dude. That is the least surprising thing of all time. I remember just like looking at that man as like a fucking college kid. And I feel like when you're in college, I feel like people don't kind of get crazy, crazy. Like you look at like Dennis Rodman. He was even kind of like normal, you know what I mean, oh, yeah. when he was young. Like he looked crazy when he was like 20, you know? Like, he looked I, like he was like a, just telling a, he's gonna be a fucking nut. Yeah, I was like, this dude's going to be a – I don't even want to know what he looks like right now. I mean, he probably looks scary as fuck. I think – you know who I think he looks like? Um hey. Uh, did you ever watch that 70s show? Of course. Okay. Um, do you remember the episode where uh, um, they're on a radio show and like they're on a, ra- a radio contest where they have to keep their hand on the van? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. He, I, I imagine that he looks like the Daniel dude that um, thinks he like he's okay. won like every contest. He's got the okay. weird ass oh. mustache. I think I feel like he's got a haircut by now, and yeah. he talks like I'm Daniel. I'm Adam. <laughs> do you think Morrison sells a mullet? I, I think he got a haircut. I, I really believe that he um, wow. decided to grow, um, grow up and not be a 15-year-old with a stupid-ass mustache. That's a hot take. <laughs> that is a hot take. Um, yeah, I, I'll, if I'll you're just, listening to this, post a selfie right always, now. Yeah, we, people need, the people want to know. People are, the people are talking. I'll wouldn't. just always remember, always remember the Xavier 14-seed game. We played Gonzaga when they were a three. Um, we snuck in, won the A-10 tournament. Stanley Burrell was the best player on that team. He was, I think, a freshman or a sophomore. And he was – I remember his freshman – Stanley Burrell was a fire-ass freshman. He came out smoking hot. He scored 30 points a couple times his oh, freshman God, year. Yeah. Um, he was incredible. Um, and he was my favorite player, my favorite player of all time. And uh, Xavier deserved to beat them. And uh, We did. I, oh, I remember um, Adam, Adam Morrison, oh. after, like, they, uh, after they kind of iced it when we kind of um, fell apart at the end. He takes the ball and starts hitting himself in the head. Like, dude, you're dude. a fucking nut job. And then, dude, I think they lost in the second round to UCLA. They lost to, they lost to UCLA. So we sh- that was in the and he 16. Was, and he was fucking crying in center court, like making a huge fucking scene. I'm like, dude, if you had lost in the Elite Eight on a crazy run, different, you know. But, like, dude, you lost in the second fucking round. Yeah. I th- I it was oh, God. Oh, I just saw the fucking Anthony Davis ankle turn. Oh, Look bad, man. Bad. I thought it was an Achilles at first. Ooh, that didn't look good. Um, yeah. um, another thing about that three fourteen game, um, I was in the fifth grade and my um, school did a bracket challenge. Of course, I had Xavier going the whole way. Fourteen seed <laughs> Xavier winning it all. Oh my god! You're I did the entire thing with my heart. You're a fucking maniac. I was like, we're one year removed from the run, so I'm like, yeah, Xavier plays well in the tournament. Oh my and fucking god, dude! I was so you close to being right for the first round. Never change, Andy. Never, never fucking change. change. I was, I was change. in the fifth grade. I know. <laughs> you, I, <laughs> you still got that. Uh, you still got that childhood <laughs> shit going on, bro. I love it. Um, never change. Never change. At nine, we got Tyler Hands, bro. And Psycho this team. is more the Psycho T weight room. You ever heard the, you ever heard the weight room story? No. That was like a practice when he was in the NBA where he or some kind of summer league game where he dunked on Vince Carter and he was a rookie. He hadn't even played in the NBA yet. Apparently he dunked on Vince Carter 
and yelled, wait, wrong, in his face, what? super fucking loud. Yeah. Tyler Hand, this, I'll just send you the video. It's from the Levitard show. Um, super Holy fucking shit. funny. Super fucking funny. Tyler Hands, bro. Um, this is a kind of a consensus ranking. Like, I actually like Tyler Hands, bro, because I've always been on the North Carolina side of the Duke thing. Um, and I, in my head, I can just see that one crazy uh, Duke-UNC game where his face was bleeding like crazy. And, I mean, dude, they've had some, they had some fucking battles, dude. Um, I actually liked Hands, bro, but he was universally fucking hated by a lot oh, of yeah. people. I mean, but he was the Tim Tebow of college basketball. I mean, he was incredible. Absolute incredible college basketball player. Never got done in the league, but he's, he's one he of the best awesome. college basketball players that we've seen. Oh, yeah, without question. I mean, you just look at track record for sure. But Hansbro was universally hated, and uh, or not universally, but hated by quite a few. I mean, he was very polarizing for sure. All right, he, he got an eight, my guy. All right, at number eight, we have PayPal Cal, Coach John Calipari. <laughs> PayPal Cal. <laughs> Which, I mean, I personally, I don't have anything against um, Calipari. I mean, I think he's kind of a sleazy guy. Um, John Chaney does. Uh, he is on someone's hit list. Um, <laughs> John Chaney's got something against him. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Like, he, he might – I honestly think he might be spending the last 15 years um, <laughs> plotting it. John Calipari's death. I'll kill you. <laughs> well, he, but, he did say, you remember that, John. Next time I see him, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> I wonder if you've seen him since then. We don't know. Calipari's hiding. That's why no, he's clearly. I mean, he's he's just he's just the universal used car salesman. <laughs> like, he's just a sleazy motherfucker. Like, I don't hate him per se, but you just get weird vibes. I just hear him talk. He does like, have like that sketchy vibe, and yeah, you just get the heebie-jeebies sometimes. I personally don't even have anything against UK. Um, I don't like I UK. I don't think that um, he's done. Any, I personally don't think he's done much. Um, like cheating at UK, but I mean, it's pretty clear he did at Memphis and UMass. I mean, he didn't have to at UK, but I mean, he did that's, to get there. That's the, that's the point I've been trying right. to make. Like he is not, right. like, he doesn't, it's UK. He's got the um, brand and the fact that he's got 75 guys in the NBA right now. Exactly. Um, that's yeah. that's he's just, all those five stars need. need to hear. He's, just a, he's just a sleazeball. But to get there, yeah. he, he had to pull some strings, open the checkbook, um, go all yep. Dan Hurley and drop some bags. Big facts. All right. <laughs> at, at number seven, I feel like him at number seven just shows how crazy the top six is. Because we've got Coach K, the Coach K, at number, at number seven, who is, some people think is a good guy. But in my mind, he's just the godfather of all the fucking assholes, you know, who we're going to talk about later. He has bred I mean, the rest of the list. He has, dude. He is the. He is big Illuminati. Jay, Jay Wright is in the mob. Coach K is in the Illuminati. In fact, like, and, he keeps dying his hair. He's trying to dude, hide his age. Exactly. And he's trying – we need to cancel K. First of all, he's washed because all includes ventilator tournament. He's, his impact his, – he's senile. His fucking – his impact is coming to college football. I mean, dude, it's just absolutely ridiculous right now, bro. College football, uh, they want to do like an all-inclusive. What did they want to do? An all-inclusive what the fuck? Well, it's um, – so typically they have a six-win minimum to be bowl eligible. Oh, that's right. That's right. Now everybody is bowl eligible. They want to be eligible. Good, good time to be UConn. <laughs> good time to be UConn. UConn's bowl eligible. <laughs> we we know, listen to this. UConn is bowl eligible. That's incredible. Uh, 
I mean, his, his impact has is, is now crept its way into college football. I mean, it's just we got to cancel this man before he, he gets out of control because it's, it's getting bad. He's, you know, it's, it's bad. So for Coach K, number seven, I feel like that could be low, but he's just – he's been the fucking birth of all these fucking assholes, man. I mean, he created the whole culture. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and, like, he preaches be an asshole. I, I, I've yep. heard him say that, but like, it, it's Coach clear K. that he does not – he's not against it. You Which I mean, bags. I'm not against it because I'm a big JP Mahir guy, and I, I'm honestly yeah. like, that's the type of way I played. Like people thought of me as a like people literally literally describe me as a douche on the court. And that's what you're known I, as. I took, I took pride as that. I took pride in that. But What's your hometown? What was your hometown again? Crestview Hills, Kentucky. They call you the JP Mahira of Preston Hills, Kentucky. That's what you're known as. Every when you when you drive in, it says home of the JP Mahira of your hometown. Uh, of Crestview Hills, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I, I didn't, I didn't hear it. It's Kentucky. I mean, see, because, because since Ohio has cities, Kentucky has towns and villages. <laughs> like literally, um, the entire all of Northern Kentucky is a suburb of Cincinnati. Literally, bro. Like I don't even know why Kentucky even has like city names and stuff because it's just all Kentucky. Well, um, Northern like you need you need to at least specify Northern Kentucky versus actual Kentucky. That's actually very true. They're they're different things. It's really different cultures. They honestly, they're different things. Very different things. Okay, but anyway, moving on. We don't need All to be right. into that. <laughs> talking Wait. about our the first Coach K inbred on our list. We yes. have the most recent one, Grayson fucking Allen. God, does he have the most punchable face I've ever seen? And very punchable. I, he, like, you can tell he's just a spoiled rich kid that got everything he wanted. And the moment he didn't get what he wanted, he threw a tantrum when he was younger. That yeah, he cried about it. Over yeah. into his college basketball career. If he, if he got pushed over, he tripped a, he tripped a guy. Um, if, he got take, if he got called for a foul for it, he went th- over to the bench and threw a tantrum, like punching punch the um, chair. And here's exactly how I know that Coach K had no problem with it. His indefinite suspension was one game against yep. a mid-major. Or was yep. against like you know fucking Boston College. Um, Fuck you, Coach King. <laughs> so and then he started the next game. So yeah, that after th- tripping a guy and throwing a fucking tantrum, he got a one game suspension. So it's clear that Coach K condemned it. He was the worst. He was so, the fucking worst. Grayson Allen, like I was like um, being a Timberwolves fan, like Grayson Allen was still on the board, and they were talking about taking him at twenty. Um, they ended up taking uh, Josh Okogie. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God, and then Grayson Allen with the next pick. So I had a huge sigh of relief that I did not have to root for fucking Grayson Allen. Thank God. Let's. I'm I'm done talking about Grayson Allen. He's the fucking worst. <laughs> At number five, we've got the vampire himself, Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino, very horny. Can confirm. So point Pitino. Yeah, we do we, love the horny. We we love the horny. I mean, I'm here for it. I respect I just, the horny. I just don't know about getting minors hookers. That's just, you know, even for us, that's a little yeah. much. Yeah, like, we don't typically cross that line. Like, honestly, like, we at, even at, – at, uh, at Nick Hall. At Nick Hall at Bluff City Friar. I would never, <laughs> ever um, buy either of them a hooker. No. No. Unless, unless I got a really good deal. Yeah, I mean, I, if, as long as I'm not attached to it. Exactly. If my name's I'm not, not putting yeah. my name on it. 
hundred percent. And and Rick too just has the fucking the look. I mean, he's got everything associated with the villain. I mean, just the slick back hair. He's got the the douchey rings and the sausage fingers and the fucking. I mean, he's just he fits the look. He's got the weird voice where he talks like this. I was, says, I was gonna mention the voice. And he says sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro I, I honestly low-key i think he's hilarious and tyson tate poke fun at him all the time it's fucking hysterical but uh but he deserves to be on the list number five. Oh, absolutely and um i and we talked about and, how like mike anderson i wish that P- patino was the st john's coach it just seems so fitting oh, it'd be so good new york guy be, he's got the accent he's got the perfect. slick back hair i wouldn't rule it out for someday i wouldn't rule it out I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't completely rule it out. The only reason I would think um, – don't see, I think it's not going to happen because that would mean that Anderson flops, and I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. And one last thing on Rick Pitino. You know who coached under him? Mick Cronin. Oh, yes. Yep. So, he, yeah, he played a hand in making him who he is. Yeah. All right. Who got number four? Number four, we got J.J. Red Dick. <laughs> nice. Add cross country, dude. <laughs> nice. I can't. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, go I off. Said, um, this dude one does not understand sarcasm at all. Like, I literally just said red dick just to be a troll. He's like, um, why do you think he's a dick? Like, he's the best. Why, <laughs> why do you think his dick is red, bro? Because I, um, I see it. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a great, that was player, wild. great player. But like, it went on for like six hours. And I'm like, I'm just gonna waste this dude's entire day. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, like you don't really give a shit. You just like to waste people's fucking time because you don't really have much better to do. You're like, I mean, Fuck I, it. I'll I was just sitting there in system issues at work. Like, literally, I I could not work. So, like, okay, I'm just gonna waste this dude's fucking life. I guess I found Robin to do today. Country is not a sport. I ran cross country. Um, I found my plans for the day. <laughs> I, like, I know what I'm gonna do. We like, Adam and I got him to challenge us to a race. Twitter's Twitter's wild. How is the app free? I really don't understand. Right. How is right, the app free? Back to back to JJ Reddick, Red Dick. Um, he's he's just like the he was like the original Duke villain. Um, other than the guy that we're gonna. Um, for our lifetime, like this, this new era original Duke. He was he was the he was the two thousand. He was the villain yeah. of the two thousand. Like there's um they they got they got eras over there, and he no was question. the first one of my lifetime, where like everybody hated him. Literally everybody hated him. But I do respect him in the sense that he thrived on that. Dude, and then JJ Reddick's become super likable as time has gone on. Honestly, I, I think, really do like him. But he NBA, I, I love him now. I think he's hilarious. But as long as he's not a Duke. Oh God, I hated him at Duke though. Oof, that was not it. But dude, he was, he was as big. I remember when I was playing basketball growing up, he was as big as Kobe. I mean, oh, yeah. I remember because before people said Kobe, they said Reddick. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember growing up his forty-one point game. Uh, oh. I mean, he scored forty-one. The rest of the team scored forty. Like, yeah, I mean, and too, it hits close to home. I mean, he played a huge hand in beating Xavier to. Take our first yeah. final four away from us. Um, so yeah, he uh, we are we are not friends. That year wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I think he was a freshman. But he was awesome as a freshman. I mean, I think they had Luol Deng's. I mean, damn good player. He was awesome. I mean, he's he's an, one of the best shooters of all time. I mean, he's just an incredible shooter. I mean, well, unreal. If you ask anybody about um, JJ Reddick, then they say I fucking hate that guy. 
Yeah, no question. Um, I hate him in a Duke jersey. I love him in the NBA. Um, but at number three, Andy, we've got a weird uh, slash here because they both kind of fall in the same bucket. And uh, not for entirely the same reasons, but they're both just universal bad guys. And that's Bobby Knight and Adolph Rupp. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bobby Knight and Adolph Rupp, the former a strangler of kids and the latter a well-known racist. Uh, I mean, and very I, open I, racist. Very open racist. So just – I'm not going to say which one's better, uh, better or worse. I'd say ra- racism's probably worse. I don't even want to go down that road, but they're both just very bad. And uh, I'm, Bobby Knight's probably racist too. Let's call it what it is. Um, <laughs> let's call it what it is. Um, but just two bad, bad, bad dudes. I, I don't really know if there's more that needs to be said there. Two guys I would not want to grab a beer with. I would not want beers with those guys. Not even a little bit. Andy, who we got number two? All right, number two, we got the godfather of hateable Duke yep. guys. The goat. Christian Hayner. The, the anti-goat. Yep, Christian Hayner. Christian fucking Leitner. I hate Christian Leitner. Great third for 30, by the that way. That was a phenomenal 30 yeah. for 30. And honestly, Fantastic. I think he came out, like, I actually hated him less after that. Oh, way um, less. Yeah, so, like, they, 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 they produced that very, very well. And, like, that was, like, he spoke, it was very well spoken, spoke his mind. Yeah, it humanized um, him, for sure. Yeah. But... The fact that he was he had that opportunity to hit that buzzer beater, he should not have been in that game. Like he hundred thousand percent stomped on. Well, if that it, chest. if that game was in twenty twenty, there's with, no with way reviews, that, he's not in the yeah, game. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. So, um, but he did change basketball forever. Now yep. we know exactly why we put a guy on the inbounder. Um, and he was and, an incredible basketball player. <laughs> great basketball player should not have been on the dream team though. No, that was should not fun. even close. Should not should not even come close to the plane. Should not have been allowed in the airport. Should have been should have got a sniff. airport like we do. Um, people with high jabs on right now. Isaiah Thomas got fucking snubbed. Oh, um, no, Shaq. Yeah, yeah, Shaq too. Yeah, Shaq. Because yeah, they always bring that one college guy. So the only yeah. comparison is Shaq. Yeah, I know. Um, it's just ridiculous that like there was Isaiah Thomas in the NBA and they brought Christian Leitner from college. Isaiah Thomas should have been on there, but it was completely out of pettiness. Yeah, well, well, yeah, that's a later topic, but yeah, it definitely should have been Shaq. <laughs> it's so funny when you when you look at Dream Team photos. Though, I mean, he, I, I'm honestly glad it looks it so wasn't Shaq. stupid up there. I'm I'm glad it wasn't Shaq because it just is so fucking funny. The it, it's still, incredible. They still the same success. They're still the best team to ever be assembled. And they had and <laughs> Christian Leitner on there was it's it's awesome. I bet he. <laughs> Hated it because I've I've seen some documentaries about the Dream Team and like they just did not fuck with Leitner at all. They, like they didn't even acknowledge him, did they? No, not even a little bit. I I low key kind of feel bad for him because it probably fucking sucks. But he got the he got the gold medal, so I don't feel bad for him. He got the experience. Yeah, it must have been cool as shit. I feel like me but, and you could have gone and gone over there and played the same role. No, he he, he didn't see any fucking floor time. Literally none. Yeah, Christian Leitner is the he is the goat villain of all time. The godfather of the godfather of player goat villains. Yep, no question. But at number one, and this is just the easy decision, fits the agenda, which is what we're all about here. And that's our boy Mickey C. McCronin. Holding it down. Holding it down. Number one villain of all time. I mean, where do we even begin? Calling his players retards, fighting college kids, 
just making excuses at any given turn, especially when you lose a basketball game, just talking about Benadryl, like the the list the the list goes on and on and on and on. Epitome of UC, like all the way down to the subject. Yep, that's why I miss him so much. God, like he was the perfect UC coach. Honestly, can we have we gotten confirmation? Is he Puff the Magic Dragon? I. That's what the people want to know. I, I'll have to do some research and get back to you. All right, Ed. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll reveal that on the next pod. Right. Mick Cronin is, the, is Pop the Magic Dragon. We're here for the people. We'll do the research and, and, and we do, do, do the hard work. work for you. Yeah, we'll do the hard work for you. We'll do the legwork here. Dude, he's just the fucking worst. He is literally like the worst coach that I could ever imagine playing for, having my kid go play for. Okay, maybe not the worst. I'd rather have I'd rather my kid play for him than like Bobby Knight, but especially on modern coaches though. Like I don't I don't think there's a modern coach I'd least I'd I'd rather send my coach to less than Micron. Like literally. And like not only do you know that like that he's gonna be a clown. He's gonna make excuses. He's gonna put blame on his players. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never gonna take responsibility. Never gonna take the fall. But they're gonna they're lose. Gonna win. I know they're gonna suck. Like and people talk about like how uh, uh like he like he won so many regular season games yeah playing in the AAC for one and what the fuck does a regular season win do for you yeah where's the banner and two dude they weren't winning like big games in the regular season like no. they were just they were just mopping up trash like dude. I think his record against Xavier was like I don't know off the top of my head something like four and ten yeah and he. He was terrible against X, dude. Maybe we weren't even that good. Yeah, exactly. And he would just crumble in a big environment, man. Like, he could not – dude, you could see him unraveling in games, dude. It was bad. You you could tell, like, he was about to have a meltdown. Dude, that 2017 game, he was losing his fucking mind. It was bad, dude. He he gave us some gems that game, too. Um, It was to the point – Oh my dude, that was fucking great. It was the point where I low key felt bad for the dude. Like I was like, dude, you are off I your really f- did not find, feel bad for him at all. He was off his fucking rocker, man. Like it, and it, it ended just, with him trying to fight a player. Yeah, that it did. That it did. And and it's just such a he's such a weak guy. Like, just to like lose a college. I mean, you're the forty year old authority, you know? These are kids. Kids going to an institution of higher learning. Kids going to fucking college. And all he does is throw his kids under the bus at any fucking turn. Like, any fucking way he'll throw – he will never take responsibility for fucking anything. He'll, he'll push on to someone else. Like, he will literally never take responsibility for fucking he's anything. He's so insecure about himself. It's ridiculous, like dude. They got a seven seed, played a ten seed Iowa, who had been terrible down the stretch. They, they, they Just, came in, like, limping. Oh, my God. They came God. in the tournament limping. Terrible, and he has to create some narrative. Oh well, they were ranked more weeks in the regular season than we were. It's not really fair. Well, they were shitty by the end of the season. Like there's, there's a reason they got a ten seed and a ten seed and, now. And two, I'm sorry you had to play a fucking ten seed. <laughs> you can't beat a fucking ten seed. I don't know what to fucking tell you, dude. Like they blew, get, a, they blew a fucking lead. Get over your bullshit, man. Like you gotta beat who you play, dude. Like and, and people always give extra shit about like having easy roads. But, dude, we're beating who's in front of us, man. Right. Like, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Duke lost to fucking Lehigh. They had C.J. McCollum, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah, Lehigh beat fucking Duke. 
I know. We beat the team that beat Duke. Like, we're just beating the teams that are coming in front of us, man. Like, not making any excuses, bro. Like, it's just ridiculous, man. Like, he's the absolute fucking worst. And, dude, and I just can't imagine playing for him as any fun. Like, it looks fucking miserable playing for that man. uh, Like, it's one boring basketball, which I'm not not out there, like, um, the, the game's too boring. Like, if you win, you win. Like, that winning's fun. And yeah, you, I'd, I'd, I'd rather play fun basketball, but it, but I hear what you're saying. Like, it looks boring as fuck. Right, and um, but if it works, then great. But I'm also just saying, he, too, from he like holds a, his team from back. I'm also just saying from how he treats his players' perspective. Like, he treats his players like ass. I just can't imagine, like, playing for him is fun at all. Like, all he does is fucking yell and scream. Like, the way he would treat during Cumberland, I'd be like, fuck that shit. I'd be telling that fucking – I wouldn't play for that dude. I'd be telling that bald, skinny bitch to fucking go <laughs> to hell, dude. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck he, off. And, like, and I, bet, I bet at the end of the day he does care about his players, but he just – that just is not the it. kind of – that's just a shitty environment, though. Like, I don't know. that It's just a shitty fucking playing environment. I can't imagine that would be any fun at all. But that is, uh, and that is the, uh, that's what creates the biggest villain of all villains and creates the, uh, the agenda. I mean, I, I think, I think we found the, the perfect number one. And I honestly, I think people could have, could have predicted that from left field. Um, yeah. but we're very happy to finally bring it on the open. Mick Cronin is the absolute worst. I don't know if you've ever yeah. heard us say that before. Yeah. We, we normally don't, don't talk about Mick Cronin very often. Um, but yeah, the, the cat's out of the bag. I know the cat's out of the bag. We do not like McCrone. We do not stand. We do not stand McCrone. Can confirm. I cannot stand him. Cannot stand it. All right, Andy. I think that is a podcast if I've ever seen one. Best one yet. Best I, one yet, man. We got fucking Fanta, dude. I can't fucking believe it. And dude, I mean, it's we're, we're two in the having, morning. We're, we're playing on. Oh, dude, it is. Holy fuck. God damn. <laughs> Put the women and children to bed. Let's go hunting for fucking dinner.